Hello, welcome to Two Mic Minimum. As some of you might know, Sean and I were in San Antonio to do some shows and interview some comedians. And that trip was made possible by Mind Twist Comedy. Mind Twist Comedy is a comedy production company that produces shows all over Texas, most notably the Teachers Gone Bad comedy shows. It is run by Irma Linda Ruiz, who is a comedian we have interviewed for this podcast. Mind Twist Comedy is also the official comedy booker for Kickapoo Casino in Eagle Pass, Texas. Please, please, please check out their website, mindtwistcomedy.com. You can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can send EPKs to mindtwistcomedy at gmail.com, or you can say a hello email or just a one of your shows email. But check you can also check out their website for their shows. Uh, they do a lot of shows in San Antonio, but they do shows all over Texas. So if you're in Texas and you want to know where a good comedy show is, definitely check out Mind Twist Comedy. Anyway, enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Two Mike Minimum. We're here with our series, our very special series. Our San Antonio series of guests. Of guests. Uh, and with us this today, this episode, is... San Antonio very, comedian. The very funny... Host of the Barbacoa Core podcast. Yes. Mr... Patrick C. Huerta. Wow, we fucked that up so fucking hard. <laughs> wow, I thought we were. I thought we were in the right mood, and we weren't. We're, we do a. We've done a podcast for three months, and we've not become more insane. We, we, at all. we we've actually gotten further apart doing this further, podcast. That's true. That's okay. very true. Stuff has divided us. But anyway, anyway, Patrick, welcome to the podcast. What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for being on. Oh, Thank thanks you. for doing. We, this. Yeah, we just did out. your podcast. We'll give people a little peek behind the curtain. So yeah, we're gonna try not to repeat ourselves too much. That's true. Yeah, and it, it's very funny. Like. Y'all didn't bring this energy to my podcast, and then you're like, "What is up?" Everybody? I'm like, "Oh no, shit, no, no. y'all could do this the whole I'm, time." I'm going right back into feed up in just two seconds. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I bring the energy for the first thirty seconds, and then yeah. I'm back to I fucking hate. No, this. I, I'm for it, man. Like, I'm high energy up top, and then I'm just like sluggish after. Yeah, so well, yeah, that's what's gonna happen. Is really like, but uh, anyway, so. Um, you know, forgive me because I didn't get your bio before we started. But I, you know, you're obviously you're the host of the Bar- Barbacoa Core podcast. Uh, anything else we should know? No, yeah, uh, host of the Barbacoa Core podcast. Uh, that that I usually it's supposed to be talking to local uh San Antonio artists, but it's mostly focused on comedians because that's just a circle I run in. Mm-hmm. Sounds uh, like sounds like the Big Berry podcast to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I started the podcast maybe like two years and then I started doing comedy about a year and a half. Um, and yeah, that's all I do. <laughs> that's yeah. fair. Uh, a year and a half ago. And, uh, have you been a San Antonio native your entire life? Yeah. Born and raised. Uh, I did try to leave for a couple bit, uh, for a while, mm-hmm. uh, cause in a past life I was trying to be a rock star. Fuck uh, yeah. So I, I played, or I played drums, a retired drummer, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Austin for a bit cause they have like. They're the music capital of Texas or the world, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that was rough. A lot of pretentious people. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure it's changed since then. Um, and then I had the opportunity to move to Seattle. And all, all, all since I was a kid, I was always into like the Seattle music scene, you know, like Tad and Nirvana and yeah, Soundgarden and stuff. Grunge scene. The grunge scene, yeah. The 90s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit older. 
Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was very into grunge and stuff. So I had the opportunity to move to Seattle. And so I, I lived in, up there for like 10 years. Uh, moved back and forth every now and then from San Antonio to Seattle. But uh, And then been back uh, for the past 10 years and then picked up uh, comedy. Yeah, so what made you get into comedy here? Well, like I said, I was in I was in bands uh, before, so I always like had the the want to be on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got older, like trying to be in bands and stuff, like you have to rely on other people, like with their schedules and all that stuff. And my schedule was pretty much wide open because you know I'm I'm married, but we don't have any kids, uh, which is great. <laughs> uh, but everybody else just started getting busy. And I like I had the ambition like do all these projects like we wanted to record albums we wanted to go on tour and everybody's like cool but no we're not yeah. gonna do that yeah and uh, you know before that like I was always into comedy like growing up I was either watching MTV or watching Comedy Central you know and with with comedy I always thought those people were just actors like everybody wrote for them and then they went to perform and all that stuff. Uh, and then realizing that it is all on one person and, and like one person can write and then perform and do all that stuff. Um, I realized that that was something that I was interested in. I didn't think it was something that I could do myself. Um, and then in 2000, I saw Ralphie May live. Mm, rest uh, in peace. Yeah. While he, when he was alive, <laughs> uh, you and, saw his corpse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone uh, was do, doing the voice for Ralphie Mae's corpse. Yeah. <laughs> All of his best bits. Yeah. And uh, so that was the first time that I saw comedy live, like in, in person and stuff. Yeah. And it was back in like 2000. Um, and just the way that he controlled the room was fucking like amazing, man. Like he had those people, like he was like conducting the, the audience. Like, this is where you laugh. This is where you shut the fuck up. <laughs> and seeing, seeing that live is different than like comedy specials or, or records and all that stuff that you heard before. Like, you're like, fuck, it was just mind-blowing to see how people do that. So then fast forward to when I retired from playing drums, I still had an itch to do something, like, uh, creative. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I started the podcast. And then through, through the podcast, I met other comedians and then started checking out open mics and then started doing open mics. And then from there, I just got addicted to it. What was the first open mic you did? The first open mic I did was at a place called Martini Ranch here in San Antonio. It was... Uh, PWA and forgive me if I get it wrong it's uh poetry without apologies so it was a, a pro poetry variety mic uh-huh. um and I was doing this thing at the time where I was sober and so I was like oh you know like I, I have all this energy to do other things and so I signed up nervous as fuck uh and then went up and the the crowd just were with me you know like they were laughing and I was like oh shit this is going pretty good and I even said that and some guy in the back is like, because we're drunk. <laughs> and, and was, That's the best answer I've ever heard. That's the best heckle I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, really bringing you down to reality. That's really good. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's great. Um, so I was on a high from that one. And then I went to another open mic that the next day uh, at a place called Tucker's. I don't think they're open right now. It sounds like a massage parlor yeah. for hand no, jobs. Tucker's. Tucker's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, Tuckers. Oh, oh Tuckers. Yeah, I thought no, it was no. like a yeah. Tuckers. T- Tuckers, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, too on the nose. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know. Yes, yeah. yeah. and then the second open mic, I bombed like crickets. And, uh-huh. and so I quit for a couple weeks. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> fair. Uh, and then I was just like very depressed and like mad because I really wanted to do this. Like I, w- I was writing for months and months before I even went up. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to give up like that. And then... Um, so after a couple of weeks, I got back into it, and then I haven't stopped since. 
So yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that there's an old adage where it's like uh every rock star wants to be a comedian and every comedian sure. wants to be a rock star. So I think that kinda of lines up with you nicely. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about like, oh, I couldn't deal with the pretentiousness and then you went into comedy, comedy. which is full of pretentiousness. Yeah. yeah. I don't think comedy's full of pretentiousness because I think that gives an air of like yeah, like I think it, comedy is more of just like full of selfness. Like not, I know that's yeah. similar, but you know, I, I think it's different. I mean, no artistic community, whether you're actor, writer, there's always some guy that thinks he's better than everyone else. Yeah, and there's co- communities no of that, and you know, you just got to navigate it, focus on yourself, and yeah, I never realized how serious comedians are. Like they're yeah. really like about like they're like they they take themselves a little bit too serious for for comedy yeah yeah but uh that's just what you gotta deal with you know yeah. yeah well i mean you know if you do comedy you have to have some narcissistic tendencies yeah you're like, literally saying uh let me get on stage and all of you be quiet while i talk and yeah. i make you laugh it's like the most aggressive thing an artist can do and it's like it's no no just, this yeah. is all me this is me and you're gonna sit yeah. there and you're gonna love this yeah <laughs> comedy's nice yeah, though, really. because, like you said there is no real overhead it's just because it's just you because like you're like oh yeah, you just you just show up and the other they have the microphone you get to use and like bam no 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 money and no overhead to that and un, and un, un, unfortunately like I'm turning into those people that I was like man what the fuck is they doing now I'm the same way like don't talk to me <laughs> no, like, I don't know no, you I I totally feel that when it's just like you know you see see someone on their phone or you see someone leave during your set and you're like man but it's comedy you're supposed I thought we were supposed to be supporting each other and then the, you know eventually you do so many open mics that yeah. you're just like. Dude, I I've seen you perform this before. I've seen you. I know what you do. You're not ready. I you know. The best is uh, like when we, when Peter and I are doing it. I'll start mouthing their jokes back to them while they're on stage. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> I, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. yeah. Well, you actually one time like we're we're going through your you were going through your set. Yeah, in, in your my head. head. While I was ignoring our friend Jimmy. But you were speaking it out loud and yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we. I'm a crazy person. It's fine. <laughs> and, yeah. and and Jimmy called you out for that, and you were like, yeah. Oh. I'm like, I don't care. Like, yeah. Oh, we're talk about getting pegged again, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I have the, I have those tendencies too, where like usually I do it when I'm alone, but maybe sometimes I'll slip when I'm around other people. Where like I I think of a good joke idea and I like kind of like mumble it. To yeah, you're like, ah, let me let me focus like, oh, on this my thing. This will be good. Yeah. Um, like, can you talk a little bit about your uh, joke writing process a little bit? Joke writing, I still haven't like really got a good uh, process yet. Like I tried doing pen to paper mm-hmm. and. I'm I'm just go I get carried away so fast that I just scribbling. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do is on my phone, which is bad because I'll be writing on my phone and I'm gonna be like, oh, let me go to Facebook or let me go to like something else. Yeah. Um, but that's usually what I do. I do the writing on the phone, and then I'll before my sets, I'll I'll write it out like kind of a, like a, a a list or kind of like a, a blueprint of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after doing that for a while, it just became t- like when I get on stage, it's just like I'm reciting something and it kind of like took me out of it. So now I just do like bullet points and I, I always bring a set list, which I know isn't like, you know, people kind of frown upon it. Like, why, why do you have a paper? Like, yeah, be in the moment. Um, so I, I'll just do like bullet points and then just riff on that. Like when I'm on stage and then uh, I always record all my sets and listen back and then like try to like do some tags and stuff. But I'm still trying to perfect the writing process. I'm not happy with my writing process. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's always a work in progress. Yeah, like, you're yeah. never not writing. It's the way I look at it. It's every day. Yeah. Like, I always find new tags when I'm telling the same jokes over and over again. It's like sometimes they apply to different scenarios, you mm-hmm. know? Like last night, the blind tiger, I just like used different, some different words in my jokes because I'm like, this just makes more sense to say in San Antonio than it does in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you kind of 
fix your act on stage depending on how you're feeling in that certain time you know you have like a give and take with the audience like what the audience gives you is always going to affect how you perform mm-hmm. and you know it'll change how you uh go about doing certain jokes are um, y'all pin to paper dude uh i use my phone predominantly but then i type it out on my laptop oh yeah i, I mean like I, when i jokes like i like i have my i just call it my uh basic hypothetical ideas where I'm like like right now I just have one it's called wingmans and I'm like I'm trying to find where what how I'm going to take it and then I type it out on my laptop for safekeep uh you know Patrick dude I have one of my notebooks out right now and I, I have like five notebooks I have like level of notebooks just a lot of notebooks yeah but no i'm i'm a pen and paper dude um i you know if i don't have my notebooks i'll write stuff down on my phone but you know i'll always i don't i don't keep stuff on my phone i i like the idea of pen and paper i think the the idea i will say the one big thing for me is that so my phone died earlier this year yeah and i didn't back most of my stuff up I, yeah, it was literally in the process where it's dying. Where like the battery, so it only had a certain amount of framing left. So I had to just screen cap like all like these half portions and then just save it to my cloud. Yeah, I, but I still lost just like a ton of my jokes. So yeah, that's, the that's pen and paper. No that's one. That's like the biggest tragedy of your life. That, <laughs> yeah, point. that's happened to me too. I that's, had to do a, a factory reset on my phone. Yeah, and I had to back up the like the notes, mm-hmm. and I lost all that shit. Yeah, it, it it is a devastating feeling. No, like, literally yeah. the other day I've just been started to recall some of my jokes. I'm like, oh yeah, that was funny. Because <laughs> I'm like, I got I forget, I forget everything I say all the time. Yeah. Well, that's what I noticed too is that um, if you, you know what a good trick is is if you're not sure if something is funny, you should just like don't don't touch it for a long time. Just forget about it. And yeah. then when you go back and you look at it and you're like, what was this? And then you read it. And then if you if it makes you laugh, like you know it's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or if you read it and you're like, what What did I write? Then, you know, it's not. That, that's what I've noticed going through my old jokes. Like once I forgot, I'm like, what is this about? Yeah. Oh, I, this is funny. I should bring this back, you know, give it its own comeback tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, so you've been doing comedy in uh, San Antonio for, uh, for a year and a half. Uh, what do you like about it? What do you think is special Nothing. about it? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Uh, that's no, your man, opinion. Uh, I just I, I I actually do uh love it and I, I hate how much it is it's time consuming and I enjoy the process and then if I have a bad set I'm just like I wasted my whole year and a half like doing all this stuff. Um it's it's great connecting with people. It's, it's great when people give you like feedback, audience and, and other comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, it, it is it is a roller coaster for sure. Um I actually uh started therapy. And we fucked up real bad. We we are such such bad little boys. Sean does not clear his SD card. All right. I can't help that I record myself masturbating every time I do it. And there's millions of hours on my SD card. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's gross. I felt that bit dying as soon as you said masturbating. I don't know. Like I, uh, no, I, but, I couldn't say sex. Anyway, People would know we're it's here a lie. With our, We're here with our great guest, Patrick C. Huerta. He was just talking about going to therapy. Yeah. That's where you guys heard it off. So, yeah. uh, Pat, you don't mind getting back into yeah, it. It's, it's great because we didn't realize until like maybe 10 minutes in and I started crying a little bit. And oh, it was so emotional. Was like, it was really good. I don't know if I could recreate that again, but I, I would yeah. cry. Yeah, like a Shakespearean performance. By yeah. Patrick, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here we go again. Uh, so uh, <laughs> therapy. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think what we figured out that we left off with the San Antonio comedy scene, and I said that 
Yeah, we'll just do, I guess we'll do like a two-second recap. You talked about your experience in therapy, how it got you into comedy. Uh, you know, like Is a, that what happened? I thought you were... You thought no, you I, did, I, did, I, know, no. I did comedy first before. Comedy yeah, first, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you started doing therapy. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, oh, now I get up like four times a week, and then I asked, what happened, how many... Yeah, that, that was... <laughs> fuck, this is... <laughs> uh, what, else, what else about San Antonio that you like? Uh, so I think yeah. we... I don't know if we covered this, but like, yeah. uh, I, I do like... It's small... Yeah. So the community is is like everybody knows everybody like everybody's familiar with everybody now like they've seen each other at, at various mics and stuff. So that you can kind of tell who's working on it and who's really just coming out like on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night. Uh so you know who who to kind of like cling to or kind of uh you know go to for advice or maybe like book a show with them, you know, and then build friendships on that. Um so yeah, I I try to go up at least uh four times a week. Yeah. Uh which is a lot for San Antonio. Like we don't have a lot of options for stage time. And I hope we're not repeating ourselves on this. But uh, yeah, like if you can you can find a, a one mic or maybe two mics a night. But that's two mics that's minimum. It. Yeah, two mic minimum. Um so it's 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 good. It's it's fun. I try to get up as much as possible. Uh but yeah. This is kind of rough to get back into. Yeah, <laughs> I know it is a little. Well, so, so yeah, just go back. Let's just get, do a refresher. Let's get I guess. back into like. Well, let's just get back into like where you go and like describe the places. Okay, you, yeah, you, I think you, that's where we're at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, on Mondays they have a, 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 a mic at in Cibolo, uh, which is right outside of Texas, um, called the Old Main, and uh, that's run by Joey Smith. He runs the Old Main and he runs the Bar House in Shirts. Uh, and that's on rotating Mondays. And th- those are great because, uh, well, it's good and bad. It's an outside mic, an outdoor mic, which is rough with yeah. you know, with the weather. Mm-hmm. But it's good because you could definitely try out new stuff there. Uh, and the audience, I mean, whether they've seen it before, whether you're not like... They're, they're aware it's an open mic. They're it's aware like, of the open it's mic. It's either going to be, you know, an act or there might be some hidden gem. Yeah, the expectations are mm-hmm. very low there, which is my favorite thing to like for Monday. Yeah. Um. And so, and then Tuesday they have the LOL mic, uh, which is always stacked. There's a lot of people, and that's hosted by Irma, or is no it? LOL is hosted. I'm, it's, they do a showcase at eight o'clock. That's usually hosted by uh, Devo Jerry. Uh, oh, sorry, I was thinking about Smith. Elbow Room. You said LOL, right? Yeah, LOL Tuesday. Yeah, we got LOL Tuesday. We're on all Jenny mics on Monday. LOL Tuesday, Elbow Room Wednesday. No, Elbow Room is Tuesday. Like Tuesday is the only time you could probably do two mics if you're lucky. And then Wednesday they have Oak Hill Taverns, which is out in the medical center area, and that's pretty cool. Uh, usually the, the list is short and you could do three minutes there and um, sounds cool. I don't do that one too much because that's usually the night that I do my podcast. Right. And sign up is like at nine or eight thirty and then the show's like at nine. Um, but if I don't have a podcast, I usually go and, and check that one out at Oak Hills Taverns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday is the Jokester 22 uh, mic, which um, it was one of my favorites. Uh, I loved that bar. I loved that room. Uh, but as y'all saw, that was the one that y'all got to witness. Uh, there's a lot of people that just go out there just because it's a Thursday night, Friday Eve, knock around type of thing. Like, yeah, let's go do open mic for funsies, you know. And that's great. I mean, it, it is fun. Like, yes, yeah, slay <laughs> queen. <laughs> 
slay queen with those pussy jokes. <laughs> Girl. Uh, I didn't, I didn't witness what y'all yeah. saw, so I'm very interested to see what it, what y'all thought about those people because I got up second and then... Uh, Bounce smartly. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the move. But I mean, that's... That's uh, that's, that's my move. move. I get that's, up early, uh, I'm out. I mean, I talked about this with Sean. Like, when, like, after like seven people at Jokesters, we were just like... You know, like in terms of like the people, the jokes, the the vibes, not much different than nope, really what happens in New York City, you know. And I, I kind of like was feeling like, okay, we're going to go to Texas. Maybe there's some difference in what people respond to humor wise or what people write about. It was like, no, it's just. It turns it's out just, funny is funny. Funny yeah. is funny. That really is um, the case. Even though I'm not, gonna, not saying that there isn't something unique about people who are here. I mean, there's definitely some sort of influence in terms of that experience, but. Uh, there, it wasn't like we weren't going to a mic where it's just like a bunch of 40 year old dads and longhorn cowboy hats. And that's what I wanted it to be. I just wanted, I wanted everybody to be wearing 10 gallon hats, like snakeskin boots. They they bring a horse to the mic. Like that's what I wanted. I've got got two holsters with like pistols from the 1800s. I got two guns, one for the Ichiyas. Yeah, we definitely have a stereotypical view of this place. Oh, I mean, they come to New York. What do they expect out of us? They yeah. expect hey, a lot of pizza, yeah. Bizanos. I'm walking here. <laughs> yeah, walking here. pretty much. Uh, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jokes Just 22 is, is fun, but like I said, like there's a lot of people who are hobbyists, and that's pretentious of me to say like, oh, I, I but do you this take for this reals. seriously. That's why we're talking to you. Yes, like, uh, we know plenty of hobbyists too. Like I, I think it's a fun hobby too. But like we want to succeed at this. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like that's what that's what makes us different. We're putting in the time. Yeah, you know, uh, I could I could have gone to med school. <laughs> could you have? <laughs> <laughs> I applied myself. Sure. All right. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. There's other easier things in medical school where you can have success. I mean, so my plan, if I like want to give up on anything artistic wise, my plan is to, um, you know, I have, I've, I'm good at math. I have a mathematical background. I want to go to coding boot camp, do that for three months, and then come out with the six figure salary. A coding boot camp? Yeah. So those exist. So like for people who want to learn code, uh, and like really quickly, uh, it's very rigorous. You got to be really good at it. It's probably like a couple of grand to do. But if you go to like a really good one, like a credit one you could probably get a six-figure job very what, easily because what makes it boot camp though you got you just do it every day for like 10 hours or something uh, i think it's like yeah, yeah, yeah but like no that's like my plan it's like i either got to be happy or i got to make a lot of money like that's you know i want to do both i want to be happy and make a lot of money well yeah no both would be great but like it's like if you know i mean if I'm just going to be, a, if, if I realize like, oh, I'm doing art and I'm miserable doing it, I'm not getting any better. It's definitely better gonna... to make money though than maybe happy because money, you can buy your happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. When I lived in Seattle, most of the happiest people that, uh, of the friends of mine were the poor ones. Like they just didn't give a fuck. They lived like paycheck to paycheck. You know, they worked at bars. They had nothing. They lived in a warehouse with like 10 other people. Right. And they were so fucking see, happy. See, the problem see, I think is. You need to have that attitude to be like, yeah, I'll live with 10. Like, I fucking hate too many people to, 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 to live that life. I want to live alone with just like seven cats. So, <laughs> so like the problem is, is that like just for where like I come from, we come from like a the very like privileged exclusive suburbs and like people people i grew up with like they took their lives very seriously like they kind of are aware of their privilege and try to take advantage of it as well as possible like they all like everyone i went to high school with like they all got into like a really good college like they worked really hard for it like they've planned their lives so carefully in a way that i don't think is replicated at all in a lot of other places in the country and i'm like fuck man i should have been doing that <laughs> yeah. my entire life but no as of now i'm happy you know as of now 
As well, you're, you're young. You'll yeah. be unhappy very soon. I guarantee. Oh. you. <laughs> See, I always love that when like old, pe- like they old. They have been calling tell. us so young this weekend, like, well, because we are we're 25. You know, like, you I've, realize every- I've lived a life. I've been to Europe. <laughs> you realize everyone we've talked to is married and yeah, has kids. That's you true. don't have kids, but the, everyone else we've talked to They're, has kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you don't talk to older people too, like yeah. Larry Garza. He's been in the game for a while. We should have gotten like a 22 year old down here. Yeah, well, actually, I want to. I, how about I ask you that? Because uh, we were talking about it a little bit when we were dealing with the SD card issue. Is um, what's like the um, uh, ratio of ages at this in this scene? Is it mostly like older folks, or is it a mix between younger and older folks? It's it's a lot of young people, especially like with the open mics, because like mm-hmm. people like like I said, I'm 36, 37 ish. Eighty two. I was born eighty two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's 37. Like, they've been in the game for a while. Uh-huh. So, they really they only go to open mics when they're working on something or if they have, like, a big show coming up and stuff. Like, they're, they're, they're already, like, in their lane type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, the open mic scene, they're they're a lot younger, like, t- mid-20s and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and at first, like, I was like, what, what are all these young kids? Like, they haven't really... Lived, lived life like, what are they yeah, that's fair about? that's fair you know like I've, I've i've traveled i lived in different places like i was living a whole completely different life like trying to be a rock star like couch surfing living in my car uh in like sleeping in walmart parking lots you know on tour losing money um so like that's living or that's what I, that's what li- uh, life experience you know gets you know, gives you whatever yeah. so all these people like the young kids i'm like man like what are you what are y'all fucking doing like what are y'all gonna talk about um but I mean, yeah, the answer is porn. They mainly talk about porn. Yeah, yeah, they can still be funny. But yeah, a lot of the crowd's like a lot younger. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, that's just just what it is, you know. Uh, Mid twenties, uh, mm-hmm. and but I, like I'm real bad at at uh, determining people's ages. Like Joey mm-hmm. Smith. Um, yeah. let, me, <laughs> let me shit on him again. I thought he was in his thirties. I mean, <laughs> Listener of the podcast, Joey Smith. Listener, Shout out to you. Listener to the pod. Uh, but that's his fault. Like for a while, he was rocking a mullet. <laughs> uh you know and uh that made him look older um sweet look yeah and then he has a shitty mustache which i'm like okay maybe, <laughs> maybe you are in your 20s and stuff uh and he talks very very immaturely so i'm like okay now i see you're, you're 24 yeah. but yeah i thought he was in his 30s and he's like dude i'm 24 and i was like mm-hmm. okay well it's kind of interesting how like you know the, i mean we've all we've only been talking to older comedians and they're they've been really accessible to us in this area and i feel like yeah. in in new york city it, like it's mostly people like us it's mostly like i'd say people, it's the age is like 20 yeah, to 32 like doing like the open mics and like the the smaller shows and stuff and i feel like get, getting someone really established in new york city is not easy <laughs> you, well, you, you know because like yeah really established yeah. means you're off your, it means you're, you're it means work. you've been on you know colbert you've been on um fallon i guess and, yeah you know you're, you've gotten spots you have you yeah. have real credits to your name like mm-hmm. yeah we we made up our credits that's yeah. like that's that's where we're at right now. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what do you want to do? Like, oh, I have the Big Berry podcast. I have a podcast yeah. that you know anyone can just submit it to SoundCloud. It could be whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's my Listen, credit. Yeah, it takes like an hour of work, which most people aren't willing to do. No, honestly, like it, you know, you think it's like fun, like talk, and it is fun. Like it is fun, like riffing and stuff. But like then you you get your SD card, you got to edit it, and you're like, oh. Then you then you then you lose fifteen minutes of content. You're like, God fucking damn. Yeah, it. like this is stupid. But you gotta like you know change the audio sometimes. You gotta it gets it gets. So yeah. Like, and it's like annoying because like you know what would be great is if somehow you could listen to music while doing it, but you can't because you gotta listen to what people are saying. You have to listen to yourself or make yeah. a point and be like, that was a good point, Sean. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, do, you, I do that all the time. I'm like, that was funny. Dude, you, you repeat the same joke like 10 times in the audio file. Be like, fuck yeah. People are going to like that. Yeah. <laughs> and they do. You know what's coming up next, though? Like, you mm-hmm. know how like movies, like they have like the director's commentary? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they should have like a podcast commentary, com- commentary on the podcast. <laughs> Like we were really, wow. what we were talking about at this moment, you know, it was really funny because it's side story, side story, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, but That's it's just like up. completely overlaid with yeah. the actual podcast. Audio. Just, just this meta warped world we're gonna live in. <laughs> yeah. just, you only talk about things that up that other people are talking about. That's, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, uh, actually, getting back to the elbow room, something we mentioned before uh, is that is that so that mic uh, is interesting because you can either choose to do three, five, seven, or ten minutes. Well, that's how it was because yeah. they were doing the online sign up, and that's right. how you could like check. And now they're doing like show up and sign up things. So I don't know if it's changed. I haven't done that mic in a while because uh, if you get up at LOL room, you uh, at the LOL, you don't really know what time you're gonna yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could be there for an hour, two hours, all that stuff. So it's really hard to do both mics. Unless you've already done your time at LOL, then you could uh, hop over to Elbow Room mm-hmm. or vice versa. Uh, um, but I, I think now they do, and I don't I like. I don't know if they offer the uh, the option to do three, five, seven, or ten minutes. Okay, that's how they did when they first did the online signups. But it's been a while since I've been there for the open mic and stuff. Yeah. And I was saying uh, how just like, I bet there's so many overconfident comics who aren't that good who are like, you know what? Put me up for 10. I want people to deal with me for 10 minutes and they bomb for two and they have to continue going for eight minutes. Like, that's why I think like when open mic is five minutes, I'm like, that's perfect, you know, because five minutes. I always think about that when you hear real like top, top comedians. I was like, yeah, Uh, they booked me to do an hour. And five minutes in, uh, I knew it was not going to be a good hour. Yeah. You have to keep going up there for a full hour and keep talking. Yeah. And I'm like, that's where, that's where the paycheck comes in. Because it's like, oh, my God. Because like it, it would, when you're bombing, you don't want to be on a fucking stage. Like, the audience doesn't want you on the stage. You don't want to yeah. be on the stage. But you have to stay up there for that full five minutes. That's one of my biggest things. We have some new people that have been coming out and trying comedy. And they've been quitting at, like, the three-minute mark. And I'm like, listen... Just finish that five. Wait for that light, and then just you, you just staying up on the stage is half half the work. Yeah, that was a big problem of mine when I started. I would always bail like four minutes. I was like, all right, well, if y'all don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck, and walk off stage. And yep. they were like, dude, like the host wasn't ready, you know, for yeah, me to come yeah, on. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I get that. So it was real hard for me to stay in the in the in the in the ring while I was getting my ass beat, you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I got better at that. And then there's some people that run the light and they're like, dude, get the fuck off stage. Yeah, yeah, and the, the host hater. has to like awkwardly, oh <laughs> fuck you, I did well that night. <laughs> um, you know, the host has to like awkwardly shuffle their way towards the comic, being like, eh, why don't you get off now? Yeah. No, but like I, you know, it's I, I I think this is true. Is that like if you can't be funny in five, you're not gonna be funny in ten. (laughs) You really aren't. Yeah, no one's no one's ever turned around at the last minute. Like I got yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they just start like crowd work, bad crowd work, and like trying to roast the crowd. Uh, Like yeah, like uh, roast the other comics. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. You can't really do crowd work with like comics because well, yeah, because you're doing it with your friends at that point, and then it just turns into fucking around. It's just like, it, but it's not good practice because it's not like they're, they're people you know. They're your colleagues. They're you know, it's inside not, jokes. Like yeah. it's not for all the audience, and shit. Yeah. they're not yeah. gonna get it. But elbow room is interesting. You said the the bartender there was really loud. Yeah, the <laughs> bartender. That's, really that's the one thing. Like she's always yelling. 
uh, and the bar is like right next to the stage. Yeah, you know, like a couple feet or uh, a few feet from the stage. So she's just yelling across the people. Uh, and I'm like, just, you gotta shut up. You know, like you're mm-hmm. distracting everybody. Yeah. We finally got the room quiet, and all you hear is. Karen, Karen, yeah, but uh, Uh, and the audience is comics and audience who are pissed off because it's comedy, not karaoke. Yeah, (laughs) that seems fair. Speaking of karaoke, this is just something I noticed. There's a lot of karaoke places down here. Like, there's been just been so many. Every place we've gone to has had a karaoke. Yeah, thing. what? It's you guys a, think you're fucking you good guys, singers? You guys yeah. just love karaoke down here? I, I, I only do it when I'm drunk. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, who does No one it? does it. No one yeah. does it sober. Yeah, I guess true. Uh, I, I have no intentions of doing karaoke. Um, mm-hmm. I did it for like, a, it was a like New Year's Eve party and we ran out of a karaoke room. Yeah. And I sang Madonna and I was like, I'm never doing this again. Um, <laughs> Singing Madonna, not drinking. I'm still drinking. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, Elbow Room. I'm doing a show there uh, the last oh. Saturday. Uh, oh, this is what New York. Uh, come to San Antonio and see me at Elbow well, no, Room. Some people from San Antonio are going to listen. They For get sure. them to come yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we might Smith. Plug us. You know. <laughs> Remember, people, send this to your friends who aren't into comedy and see if they'll like it. Like, you know, every little subscribe counts. Yeah, just get one. If you know one person, which you have to know, you have to know one person. In your just life, just at the very one least. person goes one a long person way. besides your mom or your dad. Why? Uh, the mom and dad are listeners. My favorite thing is like, cause well, you see the the logo that I made. Yeah, it's like everybody's like, oh, I've seen this logo. I was like, oh yeah, have you heard the podcast? Like, no, I don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, I was like, well, then why the fuck are you talking to me? Like, yeah. you just came to see like, are you seen my my hashtag? Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, I've heard of this before. That's cool. I was like, oh yeah, you like it? Yeah, never heard of it. No, I've never <laughs> no. heard it before. I was like, okay, well, thanks. No. <laughs> Great art. Never yeah, listen yeah. to it. I don't do podcasts. A, a lot of people aren't into podcasts. Some people don't do podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know. I, I, if you, if you're like I'm not into podcasts in general, I'm a my bit thing like, is like in Texas, I feel like you should because you guys drive so much. It'd be oh, great yeah. to put them on, like especially oh, like these yeah. hour longs. Is like, oh, I need to drive from San Antonio to El Paso. That's what five hours. Yeah, yeah. You guys time. need to. You guys really. You guys uh, need to shrink the state a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how we can just start, uh, just start sawing the ground and then taking out and putting it in the ocean. Yeah. You you overestimate like what a short drive is. That's what I noticed. Well, I, like, all right, we'll talk about this in a second. Our friend uh, Tori Poole last night gave us a yeah. ride back. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, we go up to Vegas sometimes. I'm like, you know, in my head, because I know where we are in San Antonio. I'm like, Vegas is very far away. It's like, it's a quick drive. And I'm like, I'm, because then in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe Nevada and Utah are flipped in my brain real quick. I'm like, okay, it's like, it's a long drive, but it's not a quick drive. And she's like, yeah, it's only 10 hours. Yeah. And then, and then we looked up today, it's 18 hours. Yeah. But also, 10 hours the East Coast gets you through like half the coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can literally visit the entire Union in 10 hours. In three hours, yeah. you could be in three different states. But, it's or like, whatever, but in Texas, right. you think like, oh, five hour drive, it's just a quick hop over to yeah, yeah. the other side of the state. Like, nah, man. Like, what? Like, I, I drive to Houston and Dallas. Like, we have a family up there. Yeah. Like, those are long drives, three hour drives, five hour mm-hmm. drives. And I was like, I hate driving. Yeah. I've done, when I lived in Seattle, like, I've done that drive four times. And uh, I almost killed somebody. Whoa! Doing that drive. Yeah. Uh, Go this on. Is, this <laughs> is actually our attempt just to get you to confess. Uh, Go on. You know, double jeopardy. We that have the rule secret is, cameras everywhere yeah. in this room. I, I said almost. I didn't. She's still alive. I think. Yeah. Um, nah. It was, do you really want me to talk about this? 
Uh, yeah, sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so, part of the fun of this is riffing off stuff. This will make a great clip for our Instagram. Yeah. I was living in Seattle and I was getting ready to move back to Texas. This was like the first time I was going to move back. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got back from a tour. I'm fucking shit broke. Uh, can't pay my rent. Good thing that my roommate at the time had a good job, so he covered me. But so I met a chick when I was living in Austin and she's like, oh, I want to go to Seattle before you leave. I was like, cool. I need a driving partner anyway. Fly out here. Fly out here and then we'll drive down together. Bad fucking move. <laughs> uh, she comes out and she's like having the worst time ever. Uh, she hates all my friends. She talks <laughs> shit about me. First, she comes out and like we go out to like a bar. She's like, I'm not going to sleep with you. I was like, oh, that's great. You know, like I'm good. We got that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, and then so we she does. And then so I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. Right. And so the next night we go out and like we're not. We're not together. We were talking to her. We're not together. But I thought, okay, we just had sex yesterday. So I guess we're kind of like a thing. And so we go out the next day and she's flirting with everybody in the bar. And I'm like, cool. Well, I'm going to go home and while you do this, you know. I'm going to go home and cry real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she gets mad at me for leaving. I was like, you you know, you're flirting with all these other guys, whatever. We had a big old fight. Good thing you have a 24-hour car ride coming up. It's 30. Uh Okay, and then so the next we we had tickets to the Mariners Yankees game. For some reason, she's a Yankees fan. I was Mariners fan. Mm-hmm. Mariners won that Fuck game, the and she was mad at me for the Mariners winning that game. <laughs> I was like, man, she gave me the silent treatment because that hurt your sex life. A thirty-hour silent treatment. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then okay, so and then the next day we're fucking leaving. And so the car's packed, and then I had my dog at the time. My dog's dead. Rest in peace. And so we're the car's packed up, and we're in a Volkswagen Beetle too, which is very small. Um, and I'm saying bye to my roommate because I'm not going to see him because he's moving back to to Latvia. So I'm taking my time, like saying my bye to him, and she's just huffing and puffing, like we gotta go, we gotta go now. I just want to go home. I was like, you know, it's thirty hours. Um, and so. <laughs> Uh, we hit the road and then my dog starts whining because he's not used to being in the car. Because it's a dog. Yeah, and she's like, you need, to, you need to do something about that. I was like, what do you want me to do? Like, kill my dog? She's like, no, get him some Benadryl. Uh, <laughs> and so we stop at a gas station to get Benadryl and I was like, can you can you do this? Can you give Benadryl to the dog? And she's like, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> and so I faked giving him Benadryl and then he finally calms down and she's like, it took him a while. I was like, it takes a while to get through a system, you know, like all this stuff. Mm. And she's like, well, give him another one. I was like, no. I'm not giving him two Benadryls. Um, finally, it comes down. The road is horrible. Uh, if you're ever on a, load, a long road trip, you just you have to make the driver happy at all times. Whatever the driver oh, wants yes. to listen yeah. to, yes. they listen to. You make sure that they stay awake. You keep them entertained, all that stuff. Yeah, you don't tell them they suck at driving either. This whole time, yeah. she's just complaining, whining, complaining. And I was like, okay, let me put on some music. I don't want to listen to music. Fine, <laughs> you know. I just want to sit in angry I want to silence, sit in dead silence. Yeah, and so I'm just trying to like make like light conversation and stuff like that. She's like, "Do you do you mind? I just I just want to not talk. I just want to get home." I was like, we, "We're barely, we're still in Seattle," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we get. Uh, it's a long fucking story. Wyoming. No, keep, I make no, a joke about. Going. I make a joke about Wyoming, like how it sucks because Wyoming. You think Texas is bad? Try driving through Wyoming. Yeah. yeah, nothing. There's nothing. There's no you know break from the monotony. Like it's just like plain, just plains and, and a 
fucking bitch passenger ruining everything. She's like, I should have just flew home. I was like, you can't, you still can. There's airports in Wyoming. That's so true. <laughs> I was like, just do it. Like, you want, do you want to? Like, and she's like, no, just drive. Just hurry up and drive. I was like, I'm not, I can't get there any faster. All these states were fucking having a bad time. I'm popping no dose because I just want to get home as soon as possible. I'm fucking delusional. I'm fucking seeing shit. I was like, we have to stop. We get a place in, in Colorado. I can't sleep because I'm hopped up on no dose, but I'm fucking dead ass tired for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. We sleep for like two, three hours and then get back in the road. I'm, I just want to get rid of her. She's nagging me this whole time. And I, I had like visions of like, I could have left you in, in Wyoming somewhere. <laughs> um, and uh, so finally, and then she was living in Houston at the time. So I had to drive her in Houston, drop her off in Houston. Oh my God. It's even further. Even further. Oh. But man, uh, I finally drop her off like 29 hours later, drop her off. Uh, and she had just bought this house. And so I drop her off at her house and she's like, oh, do you want to come see the house? She's like, no, man. And like, she's like, that's so rude. You came all this way. I just bought this house and you not even come take a tour of the house. Okay, fine. Sure. Whatever. And I was like, cool. And so I'm driving and I legit, yelling i've never yelled so loud in my fucking life <laughs> just like ah, ah, like just all this stuff built up and the no dose i'm coming down from the no dose like all this ah i want to kill her i get this phone call oh i left a souvenir in your car can you meet my mom at a gas station to give it to her because i don't want to see you <laughs> <laughs> great great i had to drive back to houston well i mean i was only like 30 minutes away uh, but I had to drive back to give her like some like house thing made out of I don't know what the fuck, but it said Seattle on it, so she wanted it for her mom. Meet her mom, who she's been bitching about this whole time. Like this guy did this to me, this guy did that to me. And like, hi, ma'am, how are you doing? Like, yeah. oh, great. She was like pleasant. She was really pleasant for all the. <laughs> yeah, shit I know that she my heard. daughter sucks. It's <laughs> like, I, I get yeah, and so I get I get back in the car and uh, I start screaming again. <laughs> 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 I couldn't stop screaming. Like I, just, I, you see those like when people like freak out like on movies and TV shows. Like yeah. what the fuck is that about? Like yeah. that never yeah. happens. It happens, mm-hmm. and it happened. And I, I screamed for like a good thirty minutes, forty five minutes, uh, and then I, I got home. <laughs> it's funny. I got home and I, first person I saw was my grandma. Everybody was at my sister's house, and I was like, Grandma, I almost killed somebody, and she's like, You should have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then that bitch tried to add me on Facebook like a couple <laughs> a couple years ago. I was like, I, I still hate you. <laughs> yeah. You know, this entire time I was so scared this was gonna get into and then I had my hands on her neck. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> well was no, like, I was thinking like you 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 like you were like you got so mad yelling at her, you like swerved off the road. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was, uh, in my mind I killed her like a thousand times, but never it never got to that. The the worst of it was I really almost left her at a, a truck stop. Like, we had to stop to, and I was like, she was taking forever in the restroom, like women do. Uh, that's not sexist. I don't know. Um, that's but sexist I, if it's just true. It's just a fact. Like, but I, I was legit about to leave her there. Like, I really wanted to. I really, really wanted to. I still kind of do. <laughs> have, you, have you thought about turning that into a bid for the stage? See, I'm not that's really. That's a funny story. Yeah, but no, I haven't. Um, I might. But yeah, yeah, you should. It's but it's funny because that podcast, I don't, well, y'all saw that podcast yesterday, right? Uh, the, the, uh, the, the Comedia Go-Go. Comedia Go-Go. Public yeah, Access. Very, very and they, they had a thing about what makes you scream. scream. Yeah. And so I just thought about that yesterday. I was like, 
a 30 hour car ride with a nagging bitch. 30 hour car 30 ride. 30 hour car crazy. ride. Do you, I mean, I guess people in Texas, like, do they just like do this shit regularly? Do those like long car rides because they're used to just the enormity of this state? Yeah, man. Uh, I know people that, that live in San Antonio and work in Austin or vice versa. Yeah. And I was like, man, like, I don't even like driving 20 minutes to go to my work. Dude, you know? tell people in New York to drive three hours. They'd be like, I don't want to see I, my grandma. I was dating a girl yeah. who lived in Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah. That's a 45 minute from <laughs> my house. I We broke up because of the distance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were so like, I'm like, I don't fucking feel yeah, like it's a driving. hop skip away in Texas, 45 minutes. Hop yeah, skip yeah, it yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> like sometimes I don't even like to go to that Monday mic uh, night because it's like 30 minutes away. But it's the only mic in on Monday, so yeah. yeah, I hate driving. That's why I should I should move to. That's why when I, I lived in New York, in, yeah, when I lived in Seattle, like I sold my car, I walked everywhere, I took ferries, the buses free downtown in certain areas, and I lived right outside down, uh, of downtown. So I walked everywhere, and I fucking loved it because I hate driving. Um, so yeah, I need to move somewhere where I don't I don't need a car. New York City is where it's at, baby. Oh, no, that's why I want to move city into the city dreams. so I can get rid of my car and stop. Yeah, paying out the ass, keep getting it fixed. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, maintaining it, gas, money, all that. Um, money, money, money. So actually, uh, that that can transition towards something I want to ask you. So, uh, do you, are you settled down in San Antonio? Is this where you're going to be for these, a these while, your, or put do you a, think put, set down some roots? I don't know. Like it's 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 me and my wife, mm-hmm. um, my wife and I. Oh, my wife and I. Sorry, <laughs> stop being condescending to these Texans. That's not condescending. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll let you know what condescending <laughs> is. Everything Peter. about you is putting feet on table. Like you're just a feet <laughs> on table type of person. Yeah. Yeah, I am uh, a feet on table kind of person. No, and it's it's we've we've talked about moving. Uh, we've thought about moving back to Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, or at least the Washington area because I still have family up there. Uh, mm-hmm. We both have family up there, uh, but it's so expensive. Uh, yeah. It's a beautiful place, but it's so expensive. Um, and she she kind of travels for work sometimes. Like she works in the service industry, so she's traveled a bit. Um, she might even have an opportunity to move to to New York or to to open up a restaurant in New York. Oh wow! Um, so we might check it out, but it's just like worrying about the cost of living. Yeah, you yeah. know how are we gonna do that and stuff. Right. Um, my my job would allow me to transfer to California. We're uh, in California, Northridge. Okay, where's that? Which is it's like oh. 30, 40 minutes. It's north of Southridge. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's like thirty minutes outside of L.A. Yeah, it's like east of Westridge. Uh, Basically, uh, picture like L, uh, New York. It's like Poughkeepsie. Oh okay, yeah, that's nice. And uh, I have a cousin out there who's always like telling me to go out there and stuff, but um, I haven't made it out out there. Um, I really don't like L.A. Like, but that's when I was like in a band, like poor in a, mm. in a band. I was like, I hate this place. Yeah. Um, I've never heard anybody say anything good about L.A. Like I have no much people that moved out. Well, I think there. I think the mo- like the mantra of L.A. is that like it's like the like you see it as like the worst place in the world, but you're just like, oh, but I like this pl- like I yeah. like the amenities of the. Weather I like and- this place that's a beautiful beautiful place that's filled with sadness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty yeah. much. Uh, there was an article in the in the essay current about uh, people from the Blind Tiger and stuff, mm-hmm. and the consensus was is that San Antonio is where you get good and then you leave well yeah i think a lot of scenes in the country are like that where it's like you you cut your teeth and then you're like okay well now i'm ready to go to new york or la yeah depending on where it is and i think that's a really good thing i mean because like new york city like starting i think a lot of people recommend like oh don't don't just move to new york city if you've never done comedy before yeah it's so hard to stand out in new york city but if you found a way in your scene to stand out and then you move to new york city like you're going to be ahead of like 90 percent of the crowd 
Yeah. You know, that's how we, we got into, that's how I got into contact with the comedian from Florida. Cause she's been doing it for eight years and just moved to New York city to like really do this. And like, she went to an open mic and fucking rocked the place. And oh, I was wow. like, this person, someone we should talk to, but yeah, no, it's like, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely hard to like, if you just have no experience to like, just go See, and then like, wouldn't the inverse be true too? Like if, I, if you cut your teeth in New York for a while and then you move somewhere else and like, no, I'm already better than everyone else here. Yeah, but then you go nowhere. <laughs> I know that you go nowhere. <laughs> you go you, nowhere. Be, you, could be, you could be a big fish but, um, in a small pond. Yeah, though. but so so what are your comedy goals for the future? What do you want to accomplish in like five years, ten years? Um, I, I do want to get better. So like the whole like moving for comedy is not really like I'm I'm not uh, delusional about that at, mm-hmm. at all. Uh, moving just to move to find a new place, I'm all for. But mm-hmm. to say like I'm gonna move for comedy, I'm 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 a few years from that. Uh, yeah. that is the goal to get to that i mean i do want to get better but to say like to make a career out of it like i i'm just i'm, I'm not going to give up my day job anytime soon uh i like to be realistic about stuff yeah because uh, being in in music and seeing all that struggles like i don't want to go back to that struggle i know I'm, it's, it is going to be a struggle but i just want to make sure that i get to the point where i'm good good enough to make the struggle uh worthwhile yes you know so that, that's the, the that's the the point. I do want to get better here. Maybe do because Texas, you could tour a lot of places. You could hit up a lot of places. Uh, the Austin scene, Houston has a good scene. Uh, I don't know too much about Dallas, uh, but you could hit up a lot of places. You know, do get your name uh, in Texas. Yeah, short well-known. drive away, three hours, and you hop on this. Yeah, yeah, hop, yeah. skip, and a jump away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but moving, I mean, it would be nice to to be to get my act well good enough to kind of stand alongside you know people from new york or people from la mm-hmm. or chicago y'all said is a big place yeah uh but I, i've still got a ways to go on that yeah but it's something that i'm working on for sure uh who's better looking me or peter yeah huh? we've asked everyone that who's better looking uh me, me or him yeah yeah cool you're good <laughs> that was not the question. That was not an answer. Uh, Listen, Peter, all right. I think Peter cares more about his appearance than you. <laughs> that's true. Um, that's, that's, true. That, that's on you. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> just I like. Uh, I let it be. Yeah. I go with more of the charisma is how I, so how that, I track that people. That question seems more like a Peter question, but uh, if you asked it, I'm like, you shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you asked for it. So. No, I, I do. I need, to, I need to hurt sometimes. No, yeah. He needs to. That's I say, no one sees me when I try. Like try to look good. I can I can turn this around like that. Sean's been saying he's gonna be hot for like months. <laughs> he's I'm like, I'm gonna it. lose the weight. I'm gonna be hot. I'm gonna be hot. Yeah, it's called positive affirmations, Peter. You have to All do right. it every day. Let's see it affirm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's see it, let's see it manifest into yeah. our reality. Oh well. Oh, okay. It's coming. Okay. And yeah. had you asked that question before that alpha move, the foot on the table, uh, yeah. it may have been different, but probably not. Well, uh, let me tell you something. <sighs> oh, here it goes. Oh. don't care mm. about anything. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're the one that asked the question. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh. care about people's opinions if I don't like what they say. Yeah. Sean, is, Sean is twiddling his toes right now. Oh, my toesy. Uh, they're, going, from, they're going to market, my baby. Face. Kiss um, I'm going to smell Kiss. your feet. Smell them? Yeah, go okay. for it. Pretty nice. Ooh, no, no. That, no, that they're place, funky. They've been out the sun. They've been in the smells, sun all day. Yeah, they are gross. It smells like Texas yeah. sweat yeah. right there. <laughs> Ooh, you want to give it a whiff, Patrick? No, I'm good. Uh, yeah. you know, you I, I, could, I could smell them with my <laughs> eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. great. Not but, great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll change subjects. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, how about some comedic influences? Like, who's like a stand-up, like, before you got into it? Like, who's like, you watch him, like, God, that guy's so fucking funny, or, or gal? 
the first record that I got into, and I'm old, so I say record was uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, that was the, that my my parents had. Um, so I I love that one. I never I didn't really understand it. Wow. As far as like, what is he doing? He's just talking to people and stuff. But I I liked his energy. I liked his uh, uh the the cadence, the cadence that he had. I liked. And when I started, I was very Rodney Dangerfieldy. Uh, hey, why don't you call me when you have no class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I think when we all start, we all just kind of become a knockoff of who we like until we uh, find our own. Until voice. you find your own yeah, voice. Yeah. 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 So and it, uh, all the jokes I read about, I wrote about my wife. I always like ran it by her first. So when I would do my my act, everybody would be like, "How are things with you and your wife?" I was like, "No, they're they're great. These are all just yeah. jokes. You know, like Rodney yeah. Dangerfield style jokes. They're like." No, no, like everybody thinks. Take that, my wife, please. Yeah, everybody thinks that you really hate your wife. I was like, okay, maybe I should yeah. write some stuff. You know, my wife thought it was funny for the <laughs> people, most part. People take comedy more seriously. <laughs> yeah, people are like, sure. oh man. No, I know a lot of comics who are like, yeah, make fun of their wife, and then you meet their wife, and they're like, this person's lovely. Yeah, this <laughs> person's, yeah. And it's funny. It's uh, but Ronnie, da- Ronnie Dangerfield was the, one of the first ones uh, that I uh, that I listened to, liked, looked up to, as far as that. Um, and then this is going to give me some shit. Eddie Murphy's raw mm-hmm. was always playing at like family parties. Yeah. But they would always kick the kids out of the room. Like, Oh, you can't watch this. It's too dirty. But every raunchy. time like we had like a family party, like they would play that and then kick the kids out. Yeah. So it was built up so much for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then when I saw it, I was like, this shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, that was an iconic album, uh, album record, whatever. Uh, special uh but like it's it has dated kind of poorly just a lot of the jokes but like that eddie murphy just pure charisma i don't think there'll ever be a comment that could top eddie uh, eddie at his peak yeah like chopped up i liked his bits but as as far as the special front to back i was like this is this is a lot of bullshit yeah um and it, it was it's more my family's fault because they built it up for me like it was so dirty it was yeah. so like not kid friendly and mm. stuff and then I saw it. I was like, "You, you were hiding this from me. Like, it's not yeah, that. Like, yeah, this is this is fine. Uh, I mean, he he is great. Uh, Delirious was great. I didn't like Raw too much, but Delirious was funny. Yeah, um, love the suits. Yeah, love the suits. Uh, was, we got a matching pair of Eddie Murphy suits. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, like what red blazers, <sighs> shining. Yeah. And then my parents were also into Richard Pryor, so I, I listened to him. I have a mm-hmm. couple of his specials too. Um, and then Greg Giraldo was a good one when we were on tour, like we, instead of listening to music, we would listen to like to comedy records and stuff. And yeah. Greg Giraldo was one, uh, that we, we rotated a lot more now. I really like, uh, Mark Norman and, and Joe List. I like their, their delivery, their style. Yeah. Shout uh, out to Mark Norman. He actually did a set. Uh, he opened, I, I opened for Mark. Yeah, actually. He did a set oh, at yeah. That's, my, that's probably my biggest claim to fame at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So it was great. It was an awesome mm-hmm. experience. He was so funny. He didn't mm-hmm. give two shits about my set, but like, <laughs> it's one of those I built up in my head. I'm like, he didn't give good. two shits about being there. He just left yeah, saying, just like, oh, ah, I'm Kevin Hart. He, he, and he came in, did 50, 50 minutes, left, went to another mic, and did like another 50 minutes. And I'm like, damn, that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's why he's like, he's on the precipice of just really getting to that next level. And you can really, you could see it. Like, yeah. Seinfeld was doing a, uh, yeah, you know, like he he's a Mets fan, so they usually bring him in the booth once or twice a year. Yeah. And like, oh, who's some upcoming guys? And he shouted out Mark Norman. It's like, yeah. holy shit, yeah. Which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. It's you exciting. Know. It's like, I mean, there's definitely comedians I like now who I'm like, look, 10 years from now, this person, everyone's going to love this person. And I love them first, you know? That's how I uh, feel about Donald Glover, because I was weighing on, <laughs> on him. But 
another story for another day. Yeah. And uh, I love uh, Nate Bergazzi's writing style. If I could write like him, like, I, I want to be clean, but, like, I just, I'm not funny enough to be that clean. You know, yeah. so I go for the dirty. But I really like his, his writing. His Good, writing clean style. comedy is really, really hard. Yeah. Like, it's like it's so it's just it's so easy to just go the, well it's because you have to be really clever yeah clever you know? to make it be like you can do like lame clean comedy um, like because i think like dirty comedy is still somewhat taboo in our culture so people respond to that so yeah, yeah. and it's, but, it's it is fun i mean the dirty oh, yeah. stuff is fun like i was yeah. a whole lot more raunchy and a little hacky even gross uh, earlier on and stuff uh but i'm i'm trying to be more outside of that uh with my writing uh, but I'm not I'm not clean comic by far. I'm not a clever clean comic at, at all. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, those are a few of the people that like I like I guess that I can think of right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got anything else? We're at. Are we, well, I was gonna ask you what time. We're, we're at, at 41 minutes on top of the 13 earlier. Oh yeah, no, we got plenty. And of time. our lost oh, 10 oh, minutes. Oh, top of the 13th. Oh yeah, we can start wrapping. We're at, this we're up at 50. Actually. We're at 54 minutes. Yeah, we're at 54 minutes. Yeah, so. that, that killing a uh, ex girlfriend of mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that, I built that, it up too much. That was a like, good story. Where's the no, I was <laughs> like choking. Because you were like, should I tell this story? And we're like, yeah. And you start yeah. telling it. I'm like, oh, it's gonna end with him almost oh, like strangling this person. And then then you and I we have to call the police. Then we gotta be like, all right, we gotta cut another 13 minutes. minutes out of this no another problem of mine is like is uh, especially with my 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 writing my comedy writing style is mm-hmm. like i think i think i'm a shitty storyteller yeah so i think if, yeah, I, don't, if I don't get people like quick then i'm gonna lose them and stuff so that's why I'm, i meant like should i get into the story because storytelling is it's really it's, it's hard. hard to do it's really do hard a good job of it but yeah, honestly yeah. i wasn't pretty engaged with your story right there and if you like wrote that down, like just write it out, yeah. you could find a really good series of jokes in there. The thing is, there's a suspense plot to that story because it's, it starts with like, you, I almost killed someone. You, and everyone's I almost like, killed someone. Because you know, <laughs> well, like, it's right. intriguing. I was intrigued. I was like, yeah. did he almost And then you, you could keep bringing in scenarios yeah. and write funny. Like yeah. you, you could make that into a, a long bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's all about the plot. If you have a plot, then you yeah. suck them in. I'm not really good at storytelling. Like I have another yeah. one about uh, this girl passing out uh, in Austin. Uh, I'm not gonna do it right now. I'll tell you off mic. Uh, <laughs> but it's a, it's a long bit. I mean, it's yeah. a long story that I've tried to break down into bits. But I just I don't know how to do it. I'm a I'm a short like get them in, get them out. Yeah. Next next thing, a kind of writer. But uh, that's that's what I do. But anyway, this has been Patrick C. Huerta, host of the Barbacoa Core podcast, which we were just guests on. We were guests on. You can check that on. Check them out. The inverse. Uh, Barbacoa Core. That's on Instagram. Yeah, at, at Barbacoa Core Podcast on Instagram. Uh, follow that because that's uh, any guest of, of my podcast. I become like an employee of them. Yeah. So like I'll repost any show thing, anything that they got going on. I'll repost on that. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Or anything that the the that the podcast does on itself. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Patrick C Huerta. Uh, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-C-H-U-E-R-T-A uh, that's on uh, Twitter and Instagram and uh, you could find anything uh, the podcast related or anything about me at www.babacoacore.com and I've been Peter Clark Deutsch I've been Sean Barry and, and this has been you guys. Mike Minimum see you guys soon bye, bye. bye.
Peter Clark Deutsch. I'm Sean Barry. And this is Two Mike, Mike Minimum. Minimum. Continuing our series of San Antonio comics, we've talked with a lot of great comedians. We have been trapped in a room, <laughs> and they are beating us until everyone has been spoken to. <laughs> yeah, you think you're hot because you're from New York? Think yeah. again. Uh, we're hot because the yeah. sun is hot outside. We're hot because we're it not used to 100 plus degree weather. I know. It's been a long time. But... Yeah. But Our guest anyway. is used to this weather. Yes. Uh, Segue we, right we got, there. We got a very funny comedian as our guest, Tori Poole, who was a performer in the Altercation Comedy Festival. Tori Poole, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes. So uh, have you been in San Antonio all your life? Most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is home. Like uh, I was in New Mexico for like a little bit, but that mm-hmm. was terrible. <laughs> Full of meth, and so I'm back yeah. here. You know, yeah. New York has a lot of meth too. Oh, that's good to know. I know. Well, but we, we P- like to share the wealth. <laughs> it's with like everybody. a good weight loss program. <laughs> you know, our friend Jason Scott does meth, and he lost a lot of weight. Yeah, teeth too, or no teeth? Teeth stayed in, thankfully. Okay, dope. But, you know, yeah. he, uh, teeth. He, he looked good though. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I might do some meth myself. Just you know. mm, it's yeah. popping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're pro we're pro meth addict uh, yeah. advocacy on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, if you if you have a meth dealership, you want to sponsor us. Like, yeah. give us a DM. <laughs> we'll take your illegal money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, Walter White did really well. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's that and he looked good at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the um, end. <laughs> so you know, you've been in San Antonio most of your life. Had a stint in New Mexico. Um, comedy how- in San Antonio the whole time, though. Comedy. Right, right. So when did you start doing comedy in San Antonio? Um, it's been almost two and a half years mm-hmm. and i yeah I, I went up the first time here uh, two years of like doing shows and stuff yeah uh-huh well uh, where'd you go up your first time at laugh out loud comedy club right at laugh their open loud. mic lol that's LOL. important to yes. specify or as i say lol 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 that's just how i read it yeah it sounds right out well, loud. we have an lol in new york i'm pretty sure i'm sure i don't know it's times many. square and i'm wondering if no, that's call it, i'm pretty sure there was that's like I saw, I saw something called like mm-hmm. lol i, I don't maybe. know there's I a lot of bullshit maybe here it's City, like a popcorn store or something it might be that. i don't know and I'm, well i'm curious as how people pronounce it because i'm i'm kind of <laughs> thinking they just say lol yeah well, <laughs> but, lol lol you know, whatever kids probably are like lol, lol. yeah but you, okay so you got your start at uh lol did you mostly just do that mike or did you you um, um hop around f- no the first year i had every mic that was available um mm-hmm. just trying to like build uh build a set and not really understanding what what building a set was yeah i remember that really arrogant feeling that like yes. oh my god these guys are doing the same five minutes and i'm out here trying to do new material every week and like not understanding how to build a set like that right. arrogance it was dope the the you know i gotta write a new five minutes every mic keep myself sharp no, there's a lot like, of people that used yes. to think that like yeah, yeah. but it's there's not, a lot of people that still yeah yeah, yeah they're the yeah like jokes at work are so precious hold on to them cling yeah on to i them. think i still do you know? like three jokes from my first like ever year like my first year i still do a couple jokes yeah I, got, I just work yeah no i got like kind of roasted for that at my uh college comedy club like we do a roast at the end of every summer which mm-hmm. is just a really cathartic way for us to tell, tell, us. tell each other we're gonna roast each other when we go back yeah, home yeah, after this but, vacation um, one thing i was roasted on my senior year was just like uh Peter does the same material all the time is because mm-hmm. like, I did a lot of shows and what, you know, when I was, well, at, that was the most, when, just, during, I do a lot of shows. <laughs> well, and I, when I was in Binghamton, I did a lot of shows and when I do mics, I try out bits, but when I did shows, I was like, okay, this is the material that'll work. Yes. Maybe I'll fit in a joke that, you know, has done well at mics, but like, I'm going to, 
give the audience a good time. I'm going to have a good opener, good closer. Yeah. All, you know, all these college kids are like, well, you know, I'm writing all the time. All yeah. Jokes about my mundane college experience. Yeah. But, you have um, to. Well, no, I mean, I think that's a, a big misconception is that if you're doing, if people see you at a show and you're doing jokes that they've already seen, they think, oh, that person isn't writing. But it's like, nah, man, like, come on now. No, I'm trying to tighten this up as, yeah, you know. It would, it, would, it would be like, you know, you went to a concert and the band played new material they wrote yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one, like, hey, guys, like, I got this dope new song. I got wrote it in the shower. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I, yeah, really, we, we were just riffing a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Like, this, you guys want to hear that, right? Yeah. I mean, I go through, like, material I've done for years all the time, and I'm like, I think I could make this a little better. And yeah. I tweak yeah. it, and, you know, I change tweak a word, add a tag, it's lose part a of the, tag. part of the process, you know? you know? Like, you just keep writing and then rewriting. Right. I think the only thing that's different with those jokes is now I've incorporated, like, a lot more, like, facial expressions and stuff like that, playing with the audience with my Yeah, you, my you've added more of the things. performance aspects. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I want to talk about that, but, like, because we were talking a little bit last night about how you're talking, you kind of reverse write your jokes, right? Like, Oh yeah, yeah, and writing a uh, dojo is what we call it. Writing dojo, mm-hmm. so it's like you guys, you guys have like a little bit of a writers' room, like you get together. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, so it's not like a traditional writing group in the sense we we try to work our way backwards. Like, what is this joke? Why are you telling it? Why should we care? And who are you leaving out? That's a very that's a very good way to go about it. Be getting to like the core of like material and yeah. like how it's going to respond to audiences because you know. Well, sometimes um, people just go for the easy thing and then there's that yeah, whole thing yeah. where like, oh, your joke sounds just like mine. You're stealing. And <laughs> no, dude, you just haven't gone deep enough. No. Yeah. It's a bit very good to be like rigorous with your as rigorous as possible. You know, it's like uh, there's an episode mm-hmm. of, of Louie where, you know, it's the whole thing about him and Dane Cook. He accused Dane Cook of stealing his yeah. joke. And yeah. yeah, they did like a nice tongue. He was like, you know, I also have an itchy asshole. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not just like that's, these things yeah. transcend time. Yeah. Well, you yeah. have that with fat material too yeah right? like, yeah like like so me and my our friend alex he's another really big guy and last year just before uh, just after thanksgiving he and i wrote verbatim the same exact joke uh. the joke is just everyone thinks it's our favorite holiday because you get to eat as much food as you want it's not special when you do that every day of your life we wrote it verbatim of each yeah. other yeah. Like, just like yeah. just that parallel thought and like, like you know it happens it, it happens is. a lot and then everybody gets super sensitive about it and especially like i think Something happened recently in one of the groups and somebody posted like, all right, I know you guys are stealing material. And then I'm like, okay, well, what's the joke? I don't know, but it sounded really familiar. And I'm like, Uh, It's about blacks with bad credit. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. Yeah, it's like, come on, dude, easy. I am today's George Carlin. (laughs) Stop stealing my act. Yeah. Um, But... So actually, out of curiosity, because uh, this writing dojo sounds super legit, is like... Do you have anyone... a sensei? Do we have a sensei? We yeah. do have like someone who leads uh, the group, and it's usually uh, some of the core members of the group, because it's a group of about 34, and oh, not, wow, everybody, not everybody attends every week, uh, but uh, we have a schedule of people that run it, um, and... Um, they're the ones that kind of lead the questioning, but everybody's encouraged to ask questions throughout Okay, it. that's cool. And can anyone join, or is there like a um, we hazing a- ritual? <laughs> <laughs> we ask that you have an itchy asshole. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's really about, because this is, I'm talking about Blind Tiger Comedy Club specifically. Uh, it's the cooperative's goal is the first step to 
even being considered is to support the room. So like right. you have to come to shows. You have to be there and like you want to be part of this group be part of this group be part of the group because we're there all the time you know and we're working at it and we're trying to make it cool you know yeah. and the camaraderie of stand-up is really important in my opinion yeah well you need community if you don't have community you're gonna be bitter and think everyone's stealing your jokes yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we, we we have talked in depth about bitterness uh so let's try to keep it a little bit positive right? yeah it's impossible, uh, so, so, yeah now right yeah. Uh, <laughs> how long so i've my brain's mush do you say how long you guys have been doing this for now uh, the tiger's been around for t- seven years so i mean the writer's part of it though oh no for seven years seven yeah. years of writing okay yeah right they do uh, before my time, that was even like dojo was a weekly requirement. If you don't dojo, you don't go up on the midnight. Okay. A lot of people come uh, at us and they're like, "How do I sign up on this open mic?" And I'm like, "Yo, it's not an open it's mic. It's not an open mic. Yeah. It's a showcase. It That's is. why people can drop in from out of town and yeah. say, hey." we want to go up in your room because we have a guaranteed audience that's in it for comedy. Mm-hmm. Like they seek us out in a children's play, like children's cosplay <laughs> restaurant, play you know? Yeah. Um, they're there for comedy. Unlike they're there for comedy without the two drink minimum, you know? Yeah. Which is, you know, very crucial at this point. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. don't worry, I always have, have at least five it's, drinks. Uh, on my very home. New York, but I'm pretty sure LOL probably is probably the same way. You two know? drink minimum or LOL is two drink minimum. And I mean, up until recently it was kind of like, I, I stayed away. See, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just so used to New York prices where I see two drink minimum here and it's only like $8. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Oh, Personally, I, you, I'm like, I saw you like paying your bill. You were like $9. Oh my God. Yeah, Sean's so, just been like in Wonderland I've been, I've been right here. I'm so happy. I paid four sixty five for a Jack and Coke. I've literally paid that seventeen dollars once from that in New York City. Yeah, yeah. For one, I, this this big, which is yeah, for the audience, small. I ordered an old fashioned on some rooftop bar in New York, <laughs> and they were like, it was like twenty dollars, and I was like, what the fuck is in this? Yeah, you know, no. I was like, just really upset. Just seeing three dollars in a bar is really weird to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just like like. <clears throat> Am I robbing you guys? Is that you guys <laughs> have I have to check I out a happy hour before you yeah. go? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we're gonna drink tonight. Don't worry. Oh, oh yeah, because we are on your brewery show. Oh yeah. yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, happy endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy endings actually only started up again this year in January. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a brewery show before um, with somebody who's uh, kind of disappeared from the scene a little bit. Um, I think she might be in Houston. I don't know, but she did a different show and I had went out to it and I was like, this is a cool spot. Um, and then whatever happened with them, they had some sort of falling out or something and they stopped doing comedy like last year in September. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, hi, <laughs> <laughs> how's it going? And it turns out that they were, they were down. And so we started in January. I was like, I want to do a whole new thing, dude. I want to pack it out. I want to do a raffle. I want to make it so that people come and they're down to like listen to comedy, like train an audience. And so far it's been really good. We've only had a couple of hecklers and, but one, uh, one month, I don't know if you guys have heard about Fiesta. Um, uh, no, no. I think somebody said it last night, but I don't think we caught it. That's like San Antonio's Mardi Gras or whatever. Like mm-hmm. It's like day drinking parades, mm-hmm. ridiculousness. Oh, we have that yeah. on the East Coast. Just it's called Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just every St. Patrick's Day. Every city has yeah, like a drunk. Yeah. Because we're smart enough. Like, you know what we should do in the middle of March when it's terrible outside? We should just drink in the streets. Yeah. And terrorize the public. Terrorize the public. We, we do that for about two weeks. Oh, um, fuck yeah. yeah. And, and so my show landed 
on like one of the big party days or whatever. Yeah. And we were packed. It was like almost 200 people. Uh, but like 20 of them were inebriated. And Larry yeah. Garza was headlining that day. Yeah. And it was just wonderful because he got on top of the the table, the picnic table. And he was like, is this what happens when we gentrify? And like started screaming at them until they like abruptly got up and left. And it was dope. Yeah. <laughs> it was you, the best. He exerted his, exerted his primitive dominance over yes. these people. Yeah. Jumped yeah. on his table and He's screamed like at them. a brother I've never had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was Larry. He was uh, a great it's a, guy. It's, it's a good show. Um, I'm happy for it. I can't wait to, I can't wait for next year. I've, I book it out. Uh, I've had a lot of comics like, Hey, can I get on your show? And I'm like, dude, I have it set. Like I've had it set like months at a time. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's how you know you have a good show and people are like, yeah, want to be people on, be on yeah. your show. Like I always reach out to people in New York city being like, Hey, can I be on this show? And they're like, yeah, I'll well, consider you in like March. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. you get like, to cool, I'll wait till then. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you've been in San Antonio for uh, two and a half years. I, I remember you were talking last night about how you, d- you don't really do the mics anymore. You more, uh, you do shows. What's like, uh, what kind of shows do you just normally do throughout the months? Um, well, m- I produce shows with the tiger and yeah. I help a lot with the tiger. Like I'm, I run the social media. I do the website. I I'm in it with them. I help run the room even if I'm not on the show. Mm-hmm. So like. I'm there and then I do the midnight. If I'm not booked on a Friday, I'm, I'm doing the midnight um, right. working out new stuff. If I'm working out new stuff, I go toward the end because the whole thing is like, I'm a part of that room. And so if I need to fail, I can fail there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I will do that. And that's the same thing for everybody. Like Patrick's a part of the room. If he needs to, to do it, we want you to do it there, but go at the end. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so that, and then I produce shows at the brick at blue star, which is, right over here um it's an art space it's like huge uh i have a show there at the end of the month called sickos which is my first producing of a variety show so that'll be interesting um i don't know how i feel about variety shows uh what else (laughs) i do a lot of stuff out of town i was just in fort worth el paso dallas different stuff like that so wherever people have me a little town's here san marcos things like that uh, I was in Vegas in July. I guess I'm all over. Like, mm. I, w- I, wanted, I wanted to bring this up because last night you said, yeah, Vegas is just like a quick drive. <laughs> it's like 10 hours or something. <laughs> and we looked it up this morning. It's an 18 hour drive. Oh. It's 18 hours. Cause we're talking about like, El pa- oh, because we break it up. We yeah. stay in El Paso. Okay. We right. like okay. Arizona is dope too. That's fair. But like, we were just like, we said that last night. I'm like, <laughs> they're, they're bullshit. Too- what were we talking about? <laughs> we, were, we were just talking about how far you guys drive. Oh, we we're talking about the casino probably yeah, right uh, outside. Uh, Irma was like, she wants to get on the uh, that show in Vegas. And I'm like, oh, how far away is Vegas from here? Eight, yeah, like, I think oh, I was thinking El Paso. Yeah, El Paso is yeah. like seven. Because that's the tippy tippy points on. The... I guess we're just not used. To, like we're we don't care about the driving. It's Fair. so easy. Yeah, it's, like, you're so used to it. I mean, th- that's the thing about the East Coast is like you tell anyone to drive like two hours, they're like. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, yeah but like here i can drive 45 minutes and there's the river you know and i yeah. can just like be swimming in the beautiful river or whatever mm-hmm. and like yeah. it's just to me it's like nothing mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> yeah i'm like ah it's like what 10 hours cool we'll do it tomorrow right like, let's go. um yeah. yeah vegas is fun though that was fun mm-hmm. running into irma there she's fucking crazy you hear that 
Crazy. <laughs> you listening? Yeah. You listening, Irma? She's Irma. listening. Yeah, no, she better. Irma, uh, Mind Twist Comedy. Make sure you check yes. that out. We have lots of love for Irma. Yes, we have that plugged in like every episode. We're going to do like yeah. a recording and we're going to put that in every episode. Um, but when did you start uh, transitioning from like mics to just shows? Like at what point? Um, so within the first few months that I was hitting every mic and exhausting myself because I was also mm-hmm. running a creative writing program and doing all this other stuff, um, I met Irma. Irma was actually the first person to put me on a show. Mm-hmm. I met her at this stupid thing. I'm going to say it's stupid. I don't care. Um, this stupid thing that LOL does before uh, the open mic. It used to be run by someone that was like, okay person. And now it's run by a rapist. Um, they, that's how it goes. Yeah. No, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Not rapist. Woman abuser. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like that's... wife beater. I don't know what to call him. Misogynist. We've heard the um, story before. We've heard the story. Just a different person in our scene. We, uh, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, we've lived it. We've, yeah. We don't like, uh, we lived it. And then we see someone post some comedy complaints about it. And it's like, and, yeah. yay. But like, so this yeah. dude runs the before thing. So we, I used to go to it when it was run by someone else. And that's how I met Irma was somebody was because how they do it is somebody would go up and they would say, okay, do your bit. And they would make you hold the microphone, but the microphone wasn't on. And like, we're all watching them and they're like there and they do their bit. And then it's like, what'd you guys think of that? (laughs) (laughs) And then we'd all be like, or people would say stupid stuff. And then somebody would be like, what if you raped him? You know? And like, yeah, add this feedback. And, I think I raised my hand and I, I don't remember what I said, but I was like, that's a dumb idea because, and then I said, why don't you go this way? And I remember Irma turning around and looking at me mm-hmm. and then, cause she can't see like squinting and mm-hmm. I'm like, who the fuck is this girl? And then, uh, and then afterward we talked a couple of times and she watched me and she was like, I want you on my show in November. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. who are you? That's cool. <laughs> and so, yeah, she was the first person to book me and then after that things started sort of happening very quickly um but you know quickly for like doing shows around town that people haven't had you on before you know so not like oh and then we were in el paso no i only started traveling really this year yeah well that's that's very good because i mean you two and a half years and i mean it's good that you're i mean you know i I say this all the time it's like you got to be on shows at a certain point because you can't just keep doing mics and you don't learn from them after a certain point you know, because you plateau and you end. What happens is you just uh, end up writing jokes for comics. Yeah. And then you bring them to a show and you're like, uh, do I really like this? Or was I just trying to pander to this gaggle of people I have mixed feelings about? Yeah. You know? I think the first year it was really like that was my community was the open mic scene. Like yeah. I was sort of ingrained in it. And then I found the tiger and that sort of just replaced it for me. Like I get a lot more out of the sessions that we have together than anything. Oh, I would recommend to anyone if they're moving to San Antonio to do comedy is like be a part of the blind tiger because like that's, that's really, I mean, it's a really good uh, community. That or start your own and call it the deaf Jaguar. Yeah. (laughs) Do it. And we'll yeah, fight in the streets. Death you know. Jaguar, Mute Cheetah. Do uh, some open mics to figure out your stage presence, but like, you know. Well, and like, I feel like a lot of people uh, are like, how do I how do I become a part of the Tiger? And I'm like, dude, work on your set first. Like, yeah. you, you started comedy two months ago. Like, just work on yourself, you know, and mm-hmm. figure out what you want to talk about. Um, and maybe go past a, a dick joke or two and, and then yeah. be like, and then come support the room and then see if it's, see if you're about it. Cause yeah. it's not really for everyone. No. Honestly, um, yeah. a lot of people get turned off with like Mel yelling at the bar or like, 
having to wait for a drink, you know, or getting, they get frustrated with the kids running around. And I mean, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like Peter, kids either. Peter was not a fan of the children last night. I was, uh, yeah, I mean, I've well, said this on like. legally required to, to right, tell the yeah, parents yeah, to stay a hundred yards away yeah, from them. Yeah, uh-huh. I saw that about you, but. Like, yeah. Come on, you had to know, man. That was an easy, come on. I, I was sitting in a mushroom booth being like, ma'am, ma'am, excuse me, I just have to let you know. <laughs> yeah, please. Control now, your now kid or I, I will. Now eggplant parmesan, please. <laughs> have you had the food there? No. Okay, so we, we were t- I, well, we, we were fries. warned it was very bad. Well, Chris Grulon was like, and it smelled bad too. I passed by a table. I was like, what is that smell? Mm-mm. Yeah. I was like, what is? What are they putting in this but, food? But we also reached that point where we're like, man, I would have killed for chicken fingers last night. Oh yeah. Nah. Because, like I, the last thing we ate before we got on stage uh, was like just two tiny tacos. Two tiny we tacos. Got, like, like some three taco o'clock shack. at night. Three o'clock. In the afternoon, and then I, you know, I just I didn't eat until then. And before I got on stage, and I was kind of delirious on stage. I was like, "We're gonna see how this goes." Yeah, no, <laughs> I had a I had such a fun time in your room. Good. I really, thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, me. Well, it wasn't just me; it was everybody else. We 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 vote yeah. about everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, you and I mean, there's okay. Well, there's a lot of us, but like, uh, there, there there aren't like. Are there main people who like have a lot of control over everything? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I was talking to Larry about this, and Larry was just like, uh, you know, like, oh no, it's not how you know. So how does yes. it how does I'm it like run? This. Yeah. Uh, no, we're supposed to be. We're we, the idea is it's a co-op. Yeah. But very much there are people that have a final say. Yes. Yeah. And like Jay White Cotton, um, which I, you guys didn't meet. He didn't come out last night. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's one of the original founders. Um, and uh, Larry was one of the originals and some other people that were in other cities, like some people are in Seattle and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of spread out. But um, but yeah, I do a lot of the promotional stuff and right. I do a lot of the organization mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, everybody it's it's everybody's room in the sense that you want to do something, pitch it. <laughs> like yeah. what what do you want to do you know and and that's how a lot of things get done like you want to be more involved what do you want to do and mm-hmm. it's kind of like understood so everybody does as much as they want to do and we don't force anything on anyone in that sense so it's pretty it's pretty like choose your own adventure <laughs> yeah yeah uh is there anything uh else you like about the san antonio scene in particular um i i like i think that it's and a lot of people would disagree but i think that it's more burgeoning of sorts like we're starting to get more positive traction and i feel like some things set us back Mm -hmm. uh every now and then but that's with any scene um Mm -hmm. i guess if you could like wave your like like a magic wand and like tomorrow something could be fixed to improve the scene what would what would be the first thing you do Mm, i guess i would Make the club club support uh, the local support acts. acts in the scene um, that have put the work in. And not only the work in, but that are funny. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, that should be a priority. And I don't mean, and I'm not talking shit about anybody that's there, but like the way that things were run when uh, Rubone was in charge. Yes. Um, Enemy of this podcast, Rubone, but brought yeah. us all together. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So he did. I mean, he he, he did. Uh, the way that he used to box people out and stuff, and like the negative uh-huh. uh, energy that he would put into everything. I mean, I I spend a lot of time thinking, like, if I hadn't fallen out with him very hard, would I be? Would I have an opening 
weekend at the club? Would I be featuring? Would I be doing guest spots and things like that? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that was the track that I was on before he and I um, had a very big blowout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, now do you like playing that room? Is it a fun room to play? It's an airport hangar. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've heard. I I knew that before coming to San Antonio because I talked to someone in New York who played that room. And I was like, oh, if it's like 500 people and sound doesn't travel, sounds like not a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, but the thing is that's, that's the club. That's the club. That's the club. You know? So in that aspect, I'm like, dude, yeah, I want to be a part of the club. And I think that a lot of people would discount me as a comic because I'm under the stairs or whatever. Right, You're like in the alternative scene. Exactly. But like, that's the thing. I mean, I've, I've said this multiple times, but like, New York City, like the DIY scene, alternative scene, like it's taking over mm-hmm. and really, and some people would argue it's bigger than the club scene. And yeah. I have a lot more fun in, in those sorts of scenes too. Well, and then, uh, but at the same token, I'm always like, okay, yeah. well then why am I getting booked out of town? And you know, why is the Aztec, the historic Aztec theater, why do I do their crowd warming sometimes? You know, really? like yeah. if I'm so terrible, like, I don't know, man. But I think that I have a lot against me being a woman and, and being outspoken and, and I've kind of reached a point. I was talking with us, talking about this with Larry the other day is that I've reached a point where I'm just kind of calling people on their bullshit. Cause I'm, I'm an old lady, you know, like I don't know. Well, I was going to say, because you know, you and Larry were razzing each other a little bit because he said comedian yesterday. Comedian. Like, you know, obviously and... jokingly by him. Yes. But, yes. Yeah. You know, we noticed like, you know, obviously sexism is very rampant in comedy and uh, yes. well, the world. Uh, and so like we know like in our scene, there's a very you know, small amount of women that come out and do it. And we obviously wish there were more. Yeah. It's a sausage fest at every yeah. open mic. Yeah. It's smaller than a sausage. City. It's like, well, like, like tiny wiener yeah. fest. Like you know? Vienna sausages, yeah, like I those. mean. Like, like um, little ones at a party. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Toothpicks sticking out of them. <laughs> those fests. Uh, cocktail weenies. Cocktail yeah. weenies. That's what I was looking for. Uh, cocktail weenie fest. Oh, yeah. But definitely. I mean, the first time that I went up at LOL, oh, my God. I was the only chick. I was the only woman. Mm-hmm. I was like. What is, where yep. is everybody? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And, you know, and, and that doesn't like now there are more women, um, which is dope. Um, I just wish that they like there are a few that are writing with people that they don't know who they are and they're writing their jokes for them. And I think that some I'm going to get on a soapbox. No, I think please that some do. female comics rely on shock mm-hmm. too much. And it's like write a joke, yeah. Um, so yeah. So they say something filthy just to make sure. Yeah, that they, like filthy, Whoa. like oh, I can say this because I have a microphone. Yeah, yeah. Like, adorable. Yeah, I'm it's like, cute coming for me. Yeah, and I'm like, shut up. But in the same <laughs> token, the first few months that I did comedy, this guy uh, who's pretty big in the scene pulled me aside and he was like, nobody wants to hear about your vagina, <laughs> and I was like. Cool. How many dick strokes did that guy have? <laughs> also, just just statistically speaking, most men like listening about vaginas. Yeah, I'm like, all right. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. It was a weird. Was, I want to see it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See no evil, hear no evil. <laughs> I just feel like it's it's like it's a constant thing, and I try to be, I try to be nice, but a lot of shit pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's completely fair. I mean, I get very angry all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. Like man. my Twitter is just me being snarky all the time. <laughs> no, like just like angry at whatever. And then I do a lot of save drafts because I'm like, 
I somebody called me out and he's probably going to listen to this. Somebody called <laughs> yeah, me out about yeah. a tweet the other day and like he like snapshot it and sent it and he's like, what's this about? And I was yeah. like, it's about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, guy, thank you. Thank you for the listen. Thank you for the listen. Please like and subscribe. Yes, yeah. please like and subscribe. That's T-W-O-M-I-C to Mike Minima. <laughs> yeah, there we yeah. go. But, uh, all podcasting yeah. platforms. I was like, oh my God, nobody's yeah. ever done that to me before. <laughs> I like this feeling. That actually happened to me on the reverse side where um, I actually was, I was a guest on a podcast that records, like they record in a different restaurant uh, every episode. Shout, um, we'll shout it out right now. Out uh, in Westchester out in with Westchester. our friend Frank Pellegrino. Frank Pellegrino. Liz Wazadowski. Booker at Lucy's Laugh Lounge. Um, but I was a guest on that podcast and I shared it. I promoted it. And then someone who told me that I was a bad person because I went to an open mic that had one person who was telling just really, you know, transphobic. And rapey jokes. and Like making everyone uncomfortable. He told me like, Every time he comes to that venue, there's always someone. There's there's always like a vibe that makes him uncomfortable, and I don't know why you put up with that. I'm like, dude, I don't associate with everyone at an open mic. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, that's like saying, well, you're a terrorist because you went to an airport that had a terrorist in it. Like, yeah, no, like, I'm just exactly I'm just the same thing. All, all those people who died on 9/11 were terrorists. Yeah, I mean, that's, association, that's, but but I, anyway, I, I, it's something that we keep repeating: is comedy doesn't yeah. have an HR, dude. We don't have anybody <laughs> to report to or to yeah. resign to or to you know. No, it's just it's ridiculous it sucks yeah our, our way we get things done is through battles on facebook exactly. to try and facebook shame each other which gets me nowhere yeah. i try to no. stop no but, yeah but if i see something ridiculous i'm like what are you doing yeah um, i don't know but anyway he just like he tweeted out like you know uh it was something like look at the guy who's uh recording a podcast in a restaurant when he said he was going to be mr hollywood in a year i'm like <laughs> Did you say that? I, no, 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 no. Has no, anybody thought, said that? No, I was like, well, I don't know. It, you Peter, know he knows my comedic aspirations. <laughs> Peter, and I was just like, let me beat him up. Like that's <laughs> that's, that's why we're attacking. I shared the screenshot, not with him, but with like five people we mutually know. I was like, is he talking shit about me? Is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is this about me? Because yeah. you know, I go to an open mic that has like a few bad apples. Yeah. Yeah. But that pissed me off though that he was just like, I don't know why you associate with these people. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's but why there, that... but there are a lot of uh, virtue <laughs> yeah. signalers out there that are like, yeah. yo, I don't do this. Yeah. And I I'm respect like, women. Let's go on a date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm like a really nice easy. Guy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Um, so anyway But um, yeah, L O L. L O L. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, wanna, I want to. I want to go up. I think I. I, I want to go. I want to do more there. It's frustrating, but it's because it's the club club. Like you guys have a club club. Oh, right? we do. Yeah. yeah like, um, like, like obviously, my dream is to do the cellar and get past there, and you know, be a yeah. Regular. I mean, the, the dream in New York still is to like you know. I got cellar past the one. I got past the one club, and I would hope to get past the more, just because it's a nice credit to have. You know. Yeah. Like you know, as much as it's fun to, and I love doing like really small, intimate, alternative shows. Uh, they're not credits, but like yeah. when when you're at a club, you can say like, "Oh, I play that club." But, mm-hmm. you know, so it's always it's always nice to you know know that you do a club because you know it's the it's kind of like this the status that's important. But uh, and leads to more club leads work. Leads to more, yeah. Because like, uh, do do you have a lot of uh, out of town headliners come in for LOL? Uh, yeah. I mean they they have they have a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. I forget, like, uh, Margaret Cho is here at the end of the month, and I was like, huh, that would be nice. I think I tweeted at her, like, please pick me, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. because that's a whole new wave of peop- of comics, or I guess comics or whatever. They're just asking. They're asking headliners, hey. No, that's how 
like Pick so many me. people get on shows now. Like I had like in New York City, like, you know, if we know if you know someone with the show, you just have to like and if if they think you're funny, there's a good chance you just have to reach out to them and they'll be yeah. like, yeah, I'll consider I, you. In world. college, I tried for a month straight. Uh, tweeting at Hannibal Burst because he was going to he was doing the performance at Cornell like hey man come after and come to my apartment uh, <laughs> and you can come smoke pot we'll do a and we'll have a set never responded <laughs> but I literally like every day I'm like I used to ever start with dear Mr. Hannibal Burst please come to my apartment yo <laughs> I, we, Hannibal we, still we, got that joint yeah. waiting we, we have a friend uh, well shout out to her she's a listener Aaron McLaughlin who uh, yeah, you know just getting into stand up very funny uh, she's a crazy fangirl for Nathan Fielder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to the point where it's just like, this is a bit creepy. But <laughs> we're like, if you flip flop the genders, he, she would be in jail. Yeah. But she got a new Twitter for like her, her as a, as a stand up, and mm-hmm. her first tweet was just at Nathan Fielder and then nothing else. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, hopefully. It's funny. We actually did like a, the two of us, we did like a, a little, uh, we both write like satirical online web sort of stuff uh we had this bit where we wanted to parody like couple tinders like there's mm-hmm. some people there's like people who make uh tinders as a couple they're like looking Vanessa for a third and josh is amazing yeah. uh, adventure and we, together and we did that but we made a uh like a, a double linkedin so it was like two <laughs> people on a linkedin that were both looking for one job to do that's awesome and it was, like, yeah. we were just paralleling it and then like it's a public linkedin and you can find it just look up like peter and aaron i'm pretty sure i'll <laughs> yeah. probably link it but um Someone, someone who called themselves Nathan Fielder on LinkedIn followed that, <laughs> oh, and, no. and, and she was convinced that this was Nathan Fielder. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he's on LinkedIn. I don't, I don't think yeah. he needs to peruse LinkedIn <laughs> at yeah. all. Um, but I think one of the first things that someone told me, like again, people like men, I'm not people. I'm going to say men. Men are always <laughs> like, you know, this is a rule, and I'm like, what? And someone told me within the first six months, like you never ask a headliner to be on their show. You never reach out to a headliner and say, Hey, can I be on your show? And that was like, so to me, like this whole, like, Oh, I, I, I reach out to them on messenger. I send them a message and then like, I'm like, how'd you get that show? Oh, I just, I'm, I emailed. Yeah, exactly. I'm not gonna blacklist you yeah, if they don't yeah. want to do your show. You're just putting yourself out there, I yeah. guess, uh, they'll just ignore it. Yeah, yeah I, know. I know. So, and now I'm like, what is this thing where we can email them? I don't know. Maybe I'll do yeah. it. Yeah, but um, I'm you guys get a uh, a lot of like you know uh, names at the Blind Tiger. We get a couple. Yeah. yeah, I mean we've we've had um we've had well, like a lot. We've been yeah. lucky. Jay White Cotton actually. She, I mean, he's toured with Stan Hope and stuff. Doug Stan Hope. I don't know if you know who Doug no, Stan Hope is. We love yeah. Doug Stan. Um, he's actually coming up by us. Uh, Actually, the end of the month. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, what? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it afterwards. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what this yeah. is. That's that's how I met J.Y. Cotton. Is I saw him opening for Stanhope because Stanhope's one of my favorites. Um, and we used to see him multiple times, um, whenever he was touring and, and uh, yeah, that's the, so I knew him as a comic before. Like he's a friend and a mentor now, but and mm-hmm. he's always like, treat me like a friend, and I'm like, but I know you as a comic, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like I have that respect or whatever. Um, but uh. Yeah, so Jay knows a lot of people, so that's how we get that reputation. And then, like, whoever we have, they usually, like, vet us, you know? And they're like, hey, I'm going to tell my friend about you. Like, hey, I'm going to do this. And then suddenly, you know, Hari Kondobolo is there, and he's, like, selling out, and it's dope. 
Yeah. Um, do you get a lot of these people from LOL? Do you like reach out to them or? No. Okay. No. I don't know why I got that impression. LOL. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes we have drop-ins from LOL, but not lately. Okay. Um, okay. No. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Because I think Larry yeah. mentioned something about that. So that's why. I don't I, know. Everything's, yeah. started, everything's starting to blend together. For not us. in the last yeah. few months. We've talked but so yeah, much. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. like, uh, I want to say, oh my God, I just forgot his name. But yeah, he came after his his stint. But a lot of mm-hmm. it is have to, is a lot of it we have to keep secret too because there used to be this weird thing where LOL thought we were like the competition. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, you don't you don't say who comes here, but or so that became a rule like we couldn't say who came because <laughs> LOL would get mad at them. Right. Yeah. There's some there's some interesting aesthetic to that too. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you don't well, know who will drop by. I kind of understand it. Like if you're, yeah. no, if you I, have that no, person yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, you, they go to you, another you state. Exclusively, makes, if you exclusively sense. book Patton Oswalt and you don't want people to be able to see them at your arrival club, like, yeah. like you want them to come to your club. It makes sense. Yeah. So and you, I totally get that. But, but at like the same the, time, yeah. I'm like, we can't compete with you. You're an airport hanger. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, like the, or, or, you know, the shows we do are they're free. Yeah. That helps. So, um, um, but like, I like, I like that kind of aesthetic of like, Oh, you don't know who's going to drop by. Yeah. yeah. Which is and cool. we have which is people cool. that they just hear about us and they yeah. drop by, yeah. which is cool. And well, that's, a, that's, a, that's why a lot of people go to comedy clubs. It's like, Oh, somebody, so-and-so might drop by now. We get that a lot in New York. Like, like yeah, particularly like the cellar and the strip is like, yeah. you know, at any moment, you know, Bill Burr could drop in. Like my friend who was having a show had Bill Burr drop in. And Bill Burr's like, can I do 10 minutes? He's like, uh, yeah, yes, you can. Yes, <laughs> yes, like, yes, you can. Crazy. Like, these um, people could just, like, tell these people, like, you know what? I'm going to do a show here. Get your get your shit out of yeah, here. You might, do you mind? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to bump you guys all the beast. way until 3 a.m. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but we do get it. We just, I ha- we ha- I'm like, hey, famous people, we haven't had one in a while. Mm-hmm. Come on down. To think. I can't think of dude's name. Uh, if you're a famous person, you're uh, listening to this podcast. Uh, Hold on. Brian Posehn. Yes, that's exactly wow, who I was thinking nailed of. Nailed it. Larry said it last night. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm like, yes. Hossein has been a couple of times. Um, and yeah, super well, hey, nice man. guy. I don't do, I don't do, I was yeah. going to do his impression. Uh, you said earlier that uh, like stand up's a big favorite of yours. Uh, I guess before you got into comedy yourself, who were like the, you know, who were your like comedic idols? So. Uh, Stanhope was Stanhope. like he was like mm-hmm. right up there yeah. um, just because he can get away with so much yeah um, and I mean yeah he's great uh, I have more of an appreciation for Patton Oswalt but I used to super love him back then but now I'm like oh you're aging it's cute you know like because <laughs> he's he's like I was talking about being middle aged and 50 I saw him at a, one of the mm-hmm. Majestic or whatever recently um, when I was a little girl I was really into comedy. Um, I would get in a lot of trouble for watching HBO specials yeah, and like stuff um, because I would repeat field, the uh, jokes. Showcases, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, my mom be like, "What did you?" You know, because I thought <laughs> I think the first joke I told my mom was uh, a Howie Mandel joke because he had that special. I'm old, um, but uh, it was uh, how do you get a yeast infection? You fucked the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> <laughs> so I told that to my mom like when I was like five, you know, and she yeah. was like, "Wow!" I'm like HBO. Yeah, well, it's not it's not television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like that, and then uh, I mean, I remember seeing Eddie Murphy raw. I remember seeing um, a bunch of stuff. We had the what is it, Lily? Um, Tomlin. Yeah. We had her record. We had Red Fox's records. Like mm-hmm. we, comedy was a big thing. We watched Saturday Night Live together every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
every Saturday it was like, all right, like snacks. And we would watch it. And like my favorite segment was deep thoughts with Jack Handy. I thought it was so fucking funny. funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's comedy was just a big deal. And then it sort of evolved like starting adolescence. I was like, I'm going to be a poet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you. Yeah. I used to draw cartoons that were just ripoffs of like Garfield and Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Because that, those are the comics I loved. And I was like, I want to be a comic book artist. Yeah. You know? like, I yeah. can do this. I, yeah. I can rhyme, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it kind of morphed into a uh, novel writing. And then I, I do a lot of screenplay and things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you have any s- completed screenplays or is it? I have four completed screenplays nice. and I'm rewriting one right now. Uh huh. Have you submitted mm-hmm. to any festivals or, Mostly, or competitions? Uh, yeah. I've done a few things through, uh, what is it? Without a box who was no longer around, mm-hmm. um, and film freeway, but, uh, Austin film festival. I've gotten a lot of, uh, good feedback from that. And then, um, some spotlight one in Hollywood that's an international one, uh, which I got not very good feedback. But uh, lately, uh, I've been doing Austin Film Festival, San Antonio Film Festival, um, submitting to Amazon Studios, which stopped their submissions this year. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny because like I, I saw that on their website. Like, we're not taking submissions, but here's our tool, which is basically just like, yeah. you know, a billboard to yes. like help you write your screenplays. Yeah. And then I'm like, look at the movies that you're producing. Like, Neon yeah. Demon sucked. Um, yeah. Well, yeah like, it's all these streaming now. Like, they just keep putting out garbage movies it's just garbage movies yeah like them and netflix are like nothing's good and i will watch i i love movies like a lot of the time i sit there and i will watch something and then i like make sure it plays all the way through so that if i like it i can be like hey husband do you want to watch this (laughs) it might be good but like i know it's good and i just want to see it again so um i'm a movie person like i used to manage movie theaters too so oh Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I got to ask you, do you think you're like rooted in San Antonio? Is this like where you think you're going to be for a I, while? I go back and forth uh-huh. a lot, especially lately, especially being close to Larry Garza. Um, yeah. Like he's one of my good friends. Like I yeah. uh, like even outside of the comedy thing, like I, I can go to him with a problem and we can hash it out or whatever. And he can try to dad me. That's <laughs> 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 stupid. And like, uh, so Larry's been here for a long time. Yeah. We're similar ages and he works really hard to cultivate the scene. And I work alongside him to cultivate that scene. Um, but it has its limitations. And a lot of people like, uh, the guy that's headlining hoppy endings tonight is one of my favorites, uh, George Anthony. And he was in San Antonio and now he's in Austin. Yeah. And he's popping. He's on yeah. like every show and the talent, like, uh, whatchamacallit, um, like s- executives are going to Austin and they're picking up talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's so, like the place you have to be. People are scouting exactly. these yeah. little bigger name wise. And they only go twice so, a year and they still pick up people for, uh, Toronto for whatchamacallit. Or um, just, just for Montreal. Just, or just for laughs. Montreal yeah. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, f- a very coveted festival. And Houston yeah. is popping. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have been to Houston, but like nope. I just spent the weekend in Houston and their mm. shows are packed and it's dope and everything. And like I had a great time, but they don't even have talent seekers there. Yeah. And like, and I feel like, like I'm, I, that's what I was talking with Larry. I'm like, dude, how do we get people out here? And he's like, they're not going to come here. And I'm like, well, what do I do? And he's like, you got to do what's best for you. 
So yeah. you have to call the House of so, Urban, Urban Planning and Development and restructure San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> people to come out here. So what are your comedy goals for the future? I'm trying to build an hour that I like. I think mm-hmm. I have I have uh, 30 minutes that I like and 45 that I could add that's dirty. Um, I've headlined a few things. That's cool. I, mm-hmm. I want an hour that I like and I want to record. I would like to... I'm currently adapting a screenplay into a novel um, that I really like that's about San Antonio comedy and about comedy in general, um, but rooted in San Antonio. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'd like to sell that book and just be writing and I'd like to do screenplay. So touring would be great too. Mm -hmm. I just want to be a writer. I've always wanted to be a writer. That's what I want to be. I want to be a writer. And I, I want to love- be a firefighter. I was- <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I was slowly ready to quit doing stand-up. Because yeah. oh, it's- so you've been out listen to our podcast. So yeah. the night... The day of uh, Peter's big comic well, show. Well, I just want to like preface that like I really want to be a TV writer. And that's like my yes. big comedy goal. I- uh, so I've been fo- putting a lot of focus into like getting scripts done rather than like, oh, you know, going up all the time in New York City and like doing grinding it out. Uh, I mean, I've been at it for like, you know, if you want to go back to when I first got on stage, I was 16. Mm-hmm. So I've been like, you know, occasionally going on stage from like 16 to 20 to like do, doing it a lot from 20 to like now. Now I'm starting, now I was starting to falter off, but we'll get into Sean's yeah, side of the story. So we, we record the podcast <laughs> and we're talking about like, oh, these auditions coming up, obviously good luck. Yeah. And Peter's like, you know, I don't really know if I'm into stand-up comedy. <laughs> oh no. I don't know if it's for me. I just, I just don't know. I think I'm more of a writer and I don't know if I'm really. I think stand- I heard that. Oh, you might yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. You might have been the same episode. And he does this whole thing. And then like yeah. two seconds, I was like, I'm going to do stand-up every single night. The minute he gets past Well, so strip. that we recorded that the same day that my comic strip audition yeah, the, was. Later, later that night. And then for some reason, I got I got passed, which I didn't think was going to happen. I was like, shit, maybe, I sh- maybe this is a talent that I'm not taking yeah. that seriously. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should put some more focus into it, but... You know, um, but I, I think the end goal is to still do TV writing. Yeah. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. TV writing is fascinating. Yeah. I, I used to teach creative writing, um, a creative writing program here in San Antonio uh, for high school writers ages nine through eight or ages nine, eight, ninth grade through senior Right. Yeah. And um, I got to take them to Austin Film Festival every year. Yeah, I've been meaning to get to that. It's it a writers festival. It's crazy. Like, yeah. I yeah. met so many writers in television, and I also met this uh, dope podcaster whose name escapes me right now. But like, anyway, it's just talking to the writers and like seeing how they make their living. Um, fiction podcasting is a really big thing that is like you can make a extremely well living doing. Um, and, and then the screenwriters that I met, um, I don't know if you guys like X-Files. Yeah, I love X-Files. Okay. There's this one X-Files episode called home, uh, where that's the inbred stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's uh, like inbred, it's inbreeding yeah, yeah. and gross. And there's like a girl with no legs and mm, she's just yes. being used to like be a sex object. I wrote the, I met the writer and I was oh. like, shook his hand, took a picture. And I was like, this guy's really fucked up. You know, you're yeah. so messed up. Yeah. And like, he's one of the American horror story writers. And so I, I, I was just a nerd for all the writers. I was like, Oh my mm. God, I want your job. I want your job. I want your job. Yeah, yeah. And then some of them did stand up, and I was like, Hey, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ah, fuck. No, I forgot his name. Uh, Oh man, this is embarrassing. Me. But no, he's a guy who was on tour, but then had to stop doing it because he got a job writing for some like ABC comedy. Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, well. I'm not gonna, you know, like all he did. Oh, Tommy John again. 
Tommy Jonigan, who's a very funny guy. He's like a guy who's just like, like he's like a laugh every line. Like he's incredible yeah. at it. Yeah, laugh per minute um, is up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and essentially he was did a lot of touring, and then he got like a TV writing job. And he just stopped touring. Yeah, and he was like, I'll get I'll get it back into it at some point. Yeah. And people have been asking me a lot lately, like, what is your goal? And I'm like, dude, I want to record an yeah. album. I want to tour, but I also want to sell a book. I want mm-hmm. to write for TV. Mm-hmm. Um. The, and I think that they all go along, but like, I'm also late in the game starting this. Like I didn't do, I didn't start stand up for a long time because I was afraid of what would come out of my mouth. <laughs> like That's I was fair. like, am I going to still be married? You know? Yeah. Um, because I do a lot of people like my, some of my husband's friends have blocked me cause they get mad at the jokes that I make, really? you know? Um, and then also like I, t- I'm very, I talk about everything, you know, I don't really care because to me, everything uh, you should laugh at everything. So I don't know, man. Uh, I was, a f- and then I also had this weird fear of like getting roasted. Like, like if some, I don't know if I was like, just like a roast bullied a lot when I, I was little. No, I, yeah. yeah. But I know what you're saying it doesn't happen too much, but when it does, I kind of get a bit bothered. Like yeah. when someone bombs at an open mic and the host is just like, what was that? Yeah. Like, it's you, this or, is your, I think I was afraid of getting heckled yeah. that somebody would be uh, like, okay. shut up. You, fucking fat bitch or something like that yeah. like like that it would just attack me like it would leave me vulnerable mm-hmm. yeah um yeah you are going to say that. you're literally exposing yourself to everyone exactly. like there's no way to, like like you see people get nervous a lot of the times they'll cover up their like chest or something just mm-hmm. like that's like a protective instinct yeah like suddenly they box themselves there's in. a lot of videos of me doing that oh I'm, I'm aware i've taken yeah. hundreds of pictures of me doing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah uh, so i i'm late starting and so now I'm just kind of hitting it hard. You uh-huh. know? Grinding. Uh, where do you think you'd record your album? Where would I record it? I, I don't know. Hopefully mm. the Tiger. I, I think it would be, that would be a cool place. Like that's like a place, like to be honest, like if I ever did a special, like I, I wanted, I would want to go and the thing I love most about stand up, and the thing I, I think is really cool that people, some people hone is like the idea of just the everyman aspect of stand up. Mm-hmm. Like people go on stage and they like strip all the fanfare of being like, Oh, I'm a comedian. Yeah. And they go up on stage and it's almost as if this person was one of these people in the crowd that got up and mm-hmm. told their story. And I like that a lot. Like yeah. when you strip the fanfare, cause then you realize like it's a person who lives very similar to us talking about these things that we all have in our frame of reference mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of people have never thought about because they have that instinct. And I would like, if I were to film a special, I'd love to do it in a place like the tiger or a place where like the room has that feeling of like someone going up without the fanfare of this stage is, is lit, you know? low ceilings, yeah. you know, good sound and dope crowd. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I like that. It's low. It's for comedy. It is mm-hmm. for comedy. Yeah. Um, it's not like, oh my God, like, is that the, are there birds up mm-hmm. there? You know, like, you know, think like, think of that and then compare that to, uh, Kevin Hart's, uh, Philadelphia Eagles yeah. uh, stadium concert. Yeah. He comes out with a golden microphone. I'm like, that's not what I like about stand up. You're just kind of showing how elevated you are from people. But yeah, but I like the money you know. he probably got from that. You know. Yeah, that's probably like, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I've, I've, I'll sell my soul for money. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, like I did a lot of house shows in college. Like we produced mm-hmm. a lot of house shows and like, those that had the same feeling of like oh here's like a college student just like us coming out of the corner and doing all these jokes we've done them here like it's it's fun and people pay and i mean austin Uh they they have a show called uh backyard sluts and they fill it with people in the back 
you know, like <laughs> there are people that want that uh, content. I mean, we we're talking about don't tell comedy, you know, like yeah, which people I like love. The, the secret, yeah. like, cause it's like not released until the day of, um, which cracked me up. Irma, tell me, tell me where it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're going to tell everyone. <laughs> yes. It was a shame. Cause I wanted to like, I wanted to know. <laughs> and I was like, she'll tell us cause we're outsiders, but yeah. no, not no. with Irma in the car. Yeah. No, she'll tell Just everyone. <laughs> um, and I love her for that. I like yeah. how mm-hmm. she's like, no one tells me what to do. Um, but yeah, the I I do want to clarify. Larry was giving me crap about the comedian thing because mm-hmm. I have struggled a lot to just be a comic, and I feel yeah. like I keep getting into fights with older ladies <laughs> that want the comedian title. I, yeah. I really do think it's an age divide where, mm-hmm. yeah, um, late night show. 60s ladies are like yeah. comedian is like so it's like that's because we what we are yeah. yeah and i'm like shut up <laughs> yeah um, i just want to be a comic yeah, i want to be treated any differently all right uh, yeah here's a good question mm-hmm. uh if the sun is hot why is uh space cold <laughs> i'm not a doctor um i, I don't know listen we got to keep on the toes listen mm-hmm. i had another go-to question but i got an answer i didn't like on the last podcast so i'm like no. i was like all right which one was a better looking me or peter <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. No, you guys are too young. Honestly, I have a thing where We're I taught high school. Just, We're if, not you just, if you just said me, then Peter and I would be tied in the uh, questioning. And we're okay. Yeah, yeah. He asked that to Patrick, and Patrick said, "Like, oh, well, Peter's better put together." <laughs> this is I don't even look. have fucking shoes on. It, it's uh, it's hot outside. It's hot out. My feet are so hot. Sean, Sean, for both uh, the Barbacoa Core podcast and then recording, Patrick uh, just put his feet on the table. Oh my god! You know, I like no to get comfortable. Given. I've been told this before. I'm at my best when I'm comfortable on stage, which is usually putting my feet up. I mean, are those chanclas? I'm oh, sorry. Are those sandals? Are you yes, wearing yes. Nike sandals? Nike sandals. Mm-hmm. Very wow. comfortable. Wow. Nike sponsored the podcast and said I buy these all the time. They're like, wow, those oh. look like they've seen some. Uh, they've been seen some traction. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is my. Uh, I'm hungover on a Sunday, and I'm gonna walk two miles to the dining hall on campus. Uh, oh, sandals. Okay. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. so what time are we at, Sean? We're okay. at 55 minutes. Okay, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Why, that's why we, we got are. to the dumb questions. Okay, at the that's end. Good. Oh, yeah. Peter asked the real ones. I'm just here. He okay. just, he's just around. Yeah. It's my tag along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Well, uh, no, I'm the guy who has all the equipment. And they're like, I need him. Uh, but are these all naked women around us? I, I couldn't be able to tell because, like, some of them are obviously. We are surrounded so. by. We're in a conference oh. room now, and we're surrounded yeah, what by. A, what an art choice this is. I thought is. that was a vagina, but I think it's her bathing suit. Oh. No, yeah, it is. is. A, it's clearly she's clothed. They're all clothed. They're just like unique. They're just um, uh, they're clothed. just wearing like 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 oddly a, a gothic horror yeah bathing suit bathing suit. They're all could, very flat chested. They have the artist tag on them. Might as well. Read, oh yeah, actually, let me let me get a read. I think they're for sale. I think like these right, are. Let's okay, buy one. So this is um a uh, shout out to Linda Lang and her painting Opalia, forty eight by thirty six. It's uh, oiled and mixed media. It's going for $1,700. Oh, my God. All right, let's get one. No one knows what these paintings look like. I don't no, even I think, think you can find them. it's a woman's body with some <laughs> um, sort it's of... It's like yeah. Sports Illustrated minus the tits. Yeah. It's Sports Illustrated plus the artsy-fartsy part, which <laughs> yes. there is none. Um, but anyway, Tori... Thank, Tori thank you so much for being You've on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I hope you guys I, have fun. I hope we have a good crowd tonight. Oh, oh I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Doing one, the show. One more show in and win, one lose. We're going to booze. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm Hell excited yeah. of that. Um, 
But anyway, I've been Peter Clark Deutsch. I've been Sean Barry. Oh, wait, we should do one more plug for Tori, where people can find you. Oh, oh shit, uh, yeah. you can't wait, like on social media? Social media, yeah, yeah. yeah. Social, social media. media. Um, on Facebook, Tori Pool, no E's, T O R I P O O L. Pool, mm-hmm. like you swim in. Exactly. Uh, on Instagram, Tori Boy Allegory. Uh, sorry, I like it. And uh, <laughs> like on it Twitter, too. it's Bori Pool, B O R I P O O L. You can also find me at ToriPool.com. All right. Uh, well, uh, we don't need to do our plugs. We've done it a hundred yeah. times. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next week for another episode of Two Mike, Mike Minimum. Minimum. Thank Peace you. out. Bye. Bye.